Uh, well, then I'll just play a little sequence. Uh, oh, we haven't done the anthem. Ladies and gentlemen, please rise for your Gitmo Nation National Anthem. And you may sing along as usual. In the morning, Gitmo Nation, we are all charged up to be human resources and service in all lands and all ships at sea. From the down under to the lowlands and beyond. We are happy and distracted slaves. Hear our Gitmo Nation song. In the morning. Legacy Media. If you wake up with the blues, trying to fill your day with news, there's one thing you must remember, no agenda in the morning. For a healthy, balanced news diet, try noagendashow.com. Living the mac and cheese life. Mac and cheese by Ayn Rand. Hit it. His floor right in my cup. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It is Thursday, March 28, 2013. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, episode 499er. This is No Agenda. Awaiting the big one here at the Travis Heights hideout where SoCo meets MoFo in the capital of the Drone Star State. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where it's about to rain, but it's not raining, uh, it's not raining men. I'm John C. DeVore. <laughs> it's Craig Bob and Buzzkill. In the morning. And he's disappointed it's not raining men. No. <laughs> John, really? He's a bunch of men falling out of the sky. <laughs> Is that your latent so- homosexual nature that just popped up all of a sudden when you were confused? You're thinking, it's raining men? Hallelujah. I was thinking of raining something, and the only thing I could think of was rain. It was the song, It's Raining Men. <laughs> uh, hey, so uh, I'm convinced now. I think it's time. I think it's time for a, uh, it's about time for a massive natural event. What do you think? Oh, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. I yep, mean, if, yep. this, if this were my Sim City, right? We have, but wait a minute, we still have a date due on the, when's the next uh, fake uh, terrorist attack? That is sometime between now and Sunday. The terrorist attack? Yes. Was, it's not six weeks. Yeah, no, I think we're at... Well, we had a reset because, um, you know, someone messed it up. So th- Yeah, and that was like two weeks ago. Yeah, so it's either uh, between now and Sunday or in two weeks. But the natural... I'll go to two weeks. The um, natural the, the, disaster. The natural disaster. It, you know, listen to what we've got. We've got... Um, first of all, the appropriations bill is in and signed. Everybody's got their money. So, you know, it's like everyone, everyone's ready to go and spend money on their buddies to go save people with some natural disaster, right? Everything's all set. Uh, the weather has been crazy. Everything's, you know, it's nuts. So it'll be easy to blame it on the weather or global warming or something. Uh, there's way too much financial truth going on. People are figuring out, you know, hey, wait a minute, you know, everywhere in the Euro- Euroland, you know, Cyprus is a part of Euroland, you know, uh, and and I'm actually going to deconstruct some of what really happened there for you Could on I have, today's I have one show. little clip. Yeah. Um, so that's going on. Uh, Bitcoin needs massive disruption immediately. What are we at today? We're at uh, $94. <laughs> I'm so glad I didn't listen to you. <laughs> Get out while you can. <laughs> I'm selling all the way up every day. I'm selling two and a half Bitcoin. You if actually it, are managing to get rid of them? Yeah. Oh, good. Through uh, through BitPay, which I think there's like some of our producers are running that. 
Did you see that the the string of emails? No, I didn't. Yeah. No, Anything you say if there's if it's in the subject line Bitcoin, it just <laughs> goes. Gone. It goes gone. Like trash. Gone. I don't care. So I'm th- I'm thinking you know it could be about time if I was running the the earthquake machine I'd probably. You know, and, you know, I mean, I just don't know if it's going to be Northern or Southern California. It's got to be one of those. Well, it would have to be, well, the predict, just, just to keep things straight, it would have to be Southern California because that's where it's, it's designed. Um, <laughs> it's designed. Although it would be kind of cool to have a Northern California one that collapsed a new bridge they're building. Oh, the one across the bay? The earthquake-proof one. <laughs> <laughs> that would, how how could this happen? And then we could be mad at China again because it's, uh, yeah. it's Chinese steel. I'm sure, right? Yeah, yeah, perfect, perfect. I love that. But I, I let me just say this, John. I am amazed, just totally blown away that we can actually even connect today on the internet with each other. Right, because you know the largest cyber war ever was taking place. Right before our very eyes. And it's supposed slow down the internet. <laughs> now, this is here's what I like about this story. Um, and this is a it's a very simple story. Um, but for those of you who are kind of new to the program, uh, a lot of you understand the internet or at least understand mm, enough of it to be able to smell that something's wrong. And when you ever read, you know, like the New York Times, which is all over this story, completely factually wrong, when you see the BBC, no matter what the story is, if you actually know something about it, if you know something about bicycles and they're doing a story on bicycles, you'll be like, that's bull crap, that's not true. You just have to remember that every other story they're doing is probably just as incorrect. So this is a good one because a lot of people really understand how these things work. And if you listen to this BBC report where they pull in the BBC expert to explain to us what is happening with this war and you listen to the actual words they are using, you'll you'll understand two things. One, this is a, a PR effort kind of gone wrong by Cloudflare, and I'll explain why that is in a moment. Uh, but two, the, the people in mainstream love using military terms for internet incidents, like but like really crazy ones, and that of course is in order to help ratchet up the um, the cyber dome security farce, which is going to be a a financial bonanza for people in the business, which we've already identified, and of course we have um, no motivation to get off our ass and start a company and make some money on it. We're just too lazy. So here is the no, we're rep- not lazy. We're too busy. <laughs> True. So he well, this was harsh to listen to, and we'll have to uh, comment on it as we listen to this BBC report uh, hyping uh, this uh, kind of non-event, but certainly lying or being factually grossly wrong. We'll keep across all the details coming out of the summit, but let's talk about this. George mentioned it, I mentioned it, millions of people around the world may be experiencing slow internet speed. <laughs> slow in- Did you experience slow internet? I experienced a, uh, some sluggishness with my uh, uh, email account at, over at uh, Computer Time. Okay. Due to what's being called the biggest cyber attack in history. Woo! Why? The reason? Why? Well, it is a spat, Why? Because... bit of a war, between a war! web host company called Cyber Bunker and a UK-based company called Spambles. It's now reported... 
I think he says spam horse, but <laughs> it's actually spam, spam house. Whores. <laughs> spam whores. Spam whores. Spam house is what it is, but he keeps saying, yes, yeah, spam whores. To be affecting the whole internet. The, whole the internet. UK company Spam Horse is trying to stop spam whores. <laughs> What he says. <laughs> and it's, but already, it's like, it's affecting the entire internet. The Dutch it's expecting his speech, apparently. Cyber bunker from flooding the internet Cyber with bunker. unwanted spam email. Spam Confused? Yeah, we are a little bit. The BBC's technology correspondent, Rory Kathleen Jones, is going to explain it to us. Rory, great to have you. Now, with- now he is the expert, right? Is he speeding up because Skype's got a problem? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's because of the, the war that's going on. So this is... so. No, he's bringing in the expert, the expert standing in front um, in the BBC building. They have this huge kind of pit where all the interactive people are standing, and he's up on the balcony. So he's the expert. Um, Rory, what is, break it down for us laymen. I mean, what's going on here? Who's attacking who? Well, here's, here's the deal. Spam House is an organization which runs basically a blacklist of companies that it accuses of sending spam across the Internet. Its list is used by other companies around the world to try and stop the flow of unwanted emails. And one of the companies it listed, it's accused now of mounting a huge cyber attack upon it and this is called a distributed denial of service attack what it does basically is send vast amounts of traffic across the internet took the site down it's back up again but (laughs) all right all right that took the site down it's like no that's not how it works but okay i'll let you simplify it but let let the other douchebag even really describe it in detail the sheer volume of the attack has caused real worries uh, on the internet and and some experts are saying that it's spreading wider it's not just the one company affected that it's, it's a virus affecting the whole sort of motorway system. The motorway system, John. It's affecting the motorway system of the internet. Is in danger of being clogged oh, up. It's the motorway system of the internet. Yes, a particular what does that we- even mean. Well, here it comes. He'll explain this in the whole structure of the way the address system on the internet works. Oh, I'm glad you said that because one technician described the technique which uses. Okay, I got to back this up. Now we're going crazy. Here we go. Here we go. One technician. So the technician has described it to him, and I'd love to meet this technician. Said that because one technician described the technique which uses a, a known floor. I'm assuming that's what you're referring to in the internet's basic plumbing, and it, it describes plumbing. what it's doing, what this cyber bunker is alleged doing. It's using a machine gun, <laughs> mowing down a whole crowd, and yet the intent is to try and kill just one person. I love this. This is the best they can do. But that's the BBC, man. They're saying they're using a machine gun on the internet. Trying to kill trying to kill one person, but they mow down the whole crowd. Exactly. They, well, exactly. The, what, that's exactly right. What often happens is uh, attackers take over uh, uh, computers around the world, sometimes without uh, their owners, or usually without their owners being aware, use those computers to flood, flood. Uh, the, uh, the, the target with traffic until they can take it no more. What's unusual <laughs> about this... Stop! I can't take it no more! Because these attacks are quite common, is the sheer volume volume of it and the, the, volume. The, the effect it's having on the basic plumbing of the internet and some experts are saying <laughs> it's highlighted a flaw in ah, that plumbing floor. which needs to be floor. sorted a floor that sheer volume i've also been floor whore in uh been reading it's been described like uh, the internet version of using a nuclear bomb oh no it's when we went from machine gun to nuclear bomb i say but what, um, what bbc broadcast is this this is the bbc news 
This is the, this is the main BBC News. New volume. I've also been, uh, been reading. It's been described like uh, the internet version of using a nuclear bomb. Nuclear. But, um, you know, again, for us laymen, you go, hang on, is there not a, is there not a, a UN of the internet? Oh, yes, this is the solution. We need a, a, a UN. Internet. Is there not a body or an organisation that can prevent these two from going head to head or something like that? Well, there are various organisations, but the, okay. the whole... I, I can't take it. All right, so uh, allow me to explain what has actually happened, because that is why you listen to... The best podcast in the universe! So, um, Spam Whores is actually quite an appropriate name. Um, now, there are, Spam House is one version, but there's, there is a, an incredible racket going on for whitelisting and blacklisting. Uh, in fact, if you have a company that sends out emails, you're pretty much going to be tied into one of these com- not, spam spam whores are not the guys you necessarily pay the money to directly, but there are companies who you will have to pay to be whitelisted on uh, Hotmail, on Gmail, on Yahoo, and it can be quite costly because they are literally uh, looking at you know how much uh, how much mail you send. And if you really want some guaranteed delivery, and it's not really for you know sending out marketing message, but like password retrievals and stuff like that. So it, it's a real scam, and the spam whores are involved in it. Now the spam whores, the way the way the company operates, is they'll identify someone sending spam, and the idea is is okay. It's kind of you know the idea of having a blacklist and some kind of org behind it. Uh, but if the they, they, they then talk to the Internet service provider that is providing the access to the spammer. And if the ISP, which, you know, a lot of these are like dynamically generated IP addresses, they can't really, you know, figure out who's doing what or when, it's very costly, then the spam whores will block entire networks. They'll block the entire ISP so that legitimate users then will not have their email arriving. So spam whores, not really a love, a beloved company, um, because of this practice, and they 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 are kind of you know jacking ISPs and certainly uh, ISPs from uh, eastern states. Now, granted, a lot of uh, spam comes from uh, from Russia and and uh, and con- you know, but it's like it's not like Russia doesn't deserve to be on the internet, and spam whores are the only guys who are allowed to determine that. So this um, so cyber bunker, which is in the Netherlands, actually, it's Dutch. Um, there was some uh, spam coming from one of their accounts. Completely understandable that happens. Someone using a machine, and you know, it, it happens from Amazon, happens from all over the place. Spam whores then blocked all of Cyberbunker to put them on the blacklist. And this was over, this is like nine or ten days ago. This has been going on for quite a while. And um, then there was like this uh, this um, uh, Skype list, you know, like a conference call, and a lot of people started joining it, and they're like, you know, screw these spam whore guys. We're going to do a, a, a DDoS on them. Um, and it was quite a significant one. But here's what, here's what went wrong. Cloudflare then came in and said, oh, don't worry. We'll take care of it. We can handle it for you. But they couldn't. And this DDoS was so severe that it was not slowing down the Internet, but it was slowing down access to their other client stuff. You know, because they're basically an, you know, like an Akamai. Um, and so that's when they had to say, oh, you know, that's, oh, well, we're protecting it. We can stop it all, but it's slowing down the Internet. They, they wanted to get some PR as being like the good guys, but then the attack was so severe that it slowed down. Their other clients started bitching like, hey, what the hell's going on? And that's really the simplicity of it. 
Uh, well, you know, I don't know if you're missing the bigger picture here or... Uh, no, I don't think I am. This is the technical uh, issue. You tell us well, about yeah, the bigger well, picture. Well, I'm more... I, I went and tried... I, I hit both these sites, and I noticed that uh, cyber whores, uh, whatever the name is... <laughs> I, spam whores. Spam whores. They, uh, they were s- snappy. Now, somebody said that Google gave them some backbone uh, uh, sure, bandwidth. Sure, sure, but, sure. But meanwhile, the cyber bunker boys... Were just they were damn near down as if yeah. the attack was against them. And then, gee, no coincidence. I don't know why this was never mentioned by anybody in any media outlet. They are the hosts of for WikiLeaks. WikiLeaks. There you go. No, I, I understand the bigger picture, but I'm, and so the WikiLeaks thing seems to be have more to do with it. And if you read the two, they have two press release. I'm sorry, two press releases on their site. One talking about uh, the uh, spam whores being a, uh, <laughs> a, a a blackmailing operation. Yeah, uh, but you know, in a, in a kind of a legal sense. Yeah, but it's you know, it's the protection racket. Yeah. Hey, uh, hey, hey, you you don't want no spams. Yeah, you want to get through. <laughs> yeah. So and then they also mentioned. I guess they had a. Uh, they are act- literally in a bunker. Yes, uh, a Dutch, a, a former uh, bunker uh, from World War Two. Yeah, it's yeah. like with the you can't get into the place if yeah. you wanted to. They, they that, apparently, that, that's marketing. It's it's. Totally, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's like, there's okay. one of those in Switzerland. They're inside of a mountain. Yeah, is that Switzerland? Is that that's where WikiLeaks went? Is, it, is I thought it was Norway or something or Denmark. Well, the the big mountain uh, retreat that nobody can get into is in Switzerland. Mm-hmm. And that's mostly used for backups. If people want to do right, archive their right. corporate records. They put it inside this mountain, uh, and you can't. <laughs> you can drop an A bomb supposedly right. on the mountain, and they're still safe. Yeah. At what point? At, at that point, your your backup will be so useful. <laughs> I know what what difference does it make? <laughs> Sell short. Get a thumb drive, people. <laughs> so uh, I, I think the whole thing, but because I, I put, pointed this out in a column about the WikiLeaks angle, which is why we're why are these. People actually, the, the site that's having trouble is exactly, yeah, yeah. And I, then I got a bunch of tweets out of the blue, and I know, I knew I was right by the by the tweets I got, which mm. I I also blocked every one of these idiots. But there were these screwball tweets. Each one of the guys had about 175 followers, and they were all cybersecurity experts, and they all worked at different companies. Supposedly, I didn't do any background research on, but they all looked like spooks to me. Mm-hmm. And and, uh, they're, or, and they're tweeting you. They were all tweeting me saying, oh, oh, well, Cyberbunker must be responsible for the Kennedy assassination. What other conspiracies do you have for me? Oh, no. (laughs) Really? Yeah, that, I got once I was, they were responsible for killing Kennedy. Wait and there a was minute. One, there was well, one let, me, other. let me find these tweets. <laughs> find them in Did there. anyone call you Hitler at any point? No, no, the uh, Hitler thing they didn't. They dropped it. But they said it was a, <laughs> oh, they're blaming him for, they're blaming him. Anyway, I can't remember the ones besides Kennedy, but every nor, normal conspiracy theory, they they said, oh, Dvorak thinks Cyberbunker did it. <laughs> and, or or spam house or whatever I don't know how they yeah. they phrased it but I, as soon as I got those tweets out of the blue they don't follow me I don't know you know I guess they out of, they just jumped on me in Twitter and I said okay great I'm I'm so but this was after you published the article right yeah this probably oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. a day or two no, of ago. course of course so yeah, this it was is right bang bang it's techno experts man this is like the guys who come in and with the with the re, with the negative review on the book that tells it it like it is yeah exactly and and if you look at all the reviews that's all they do is they seek out anything that like you know says something bad about the CIA and they're all over it okay oh, this guy's no, no, here it is David Romerstein. Apparently, at the real Dvorak has become the Larry King of tech media. Just saying random rambling things. 
<laughs> Let me see yeah. this. Who is this guy? 130 followers. Yep, spook. Okay, let's see the next one. Oh, wait a minute. What is he? His MTA Ops? What is he? MTA Ops at Living Social and Nerd of Mi- He's a lead engineer, MTA Ops. Hmm. Co-opted. Brian M- McNett. That's a... <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a good one. Brian McNett. The, yeah. At The Real Dvorak. Next, we'll be hearing how Spam House shot the Kennedys, kidnapped the Lindbergh baby, and sank the Titanic. Yeah. Let's see Brian McNett. Very I, funny. Oh, here it is. Brian McNett. I stop Spam for a living. I play synths and hunt mushrooms for fun. Okie dokie. 115 <laughs> followers. Another winner. <laughs> wow. I know they kind of stand out like a sore thumb. No evidence beyond their own statements that Cyberbunker ever hosted WikiLeaks. So anyway, so I don't like the spam whores. I, I, I think this is a very... Because I remember when we when we started with Mevio or Podshow, and we all of a sudden we had a, a registration system, and, you know, people needed to get, like, a registration email or a verification email, and it was just, it was just getting willy-nilly blocked, and that's when the protection racket came in. And it was like $250,000 a year. Not, oh, I didn't know it was that kidding. high. Yeah, and that was a deal because they were a Sequoia company. That was the deal. You got a deal. You got a deal. Well, I'm sure I haven't talked to the people at uh, MailChimp, who I do my emailing through, yeah. about this. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, they don't pay. You know, obviously. they have to have a, uh, uh, for example, when I, I had this one time, I had a complete failure of, an, of a mailing. Hmm. And, I, and I couldn't figure out why. And, but then I finally figured out why. You, you put a... Uh, I turned off the re uh, the the re what's it called when you send it to one address and then it bounces it to somebody else the uh, the reply to no 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 the redirect? I'm talking about redirect yeah I turned off redirects so when the when the mail which would normally be redirected through Mailchimp so they can do accounting oh right 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 oh, you oh. had somebody click on this and something I right. turned all that off right and immediately so, you got you got blocked you got tagged. Yeah, because they didn't have enough <laughs> Mailchimp right, action. I right. guess they, didn't, they said, "What's this? I don't know. It doesn't <laughs> look like anything." Block it. Wow. Well, anyway, uh, I, I I will say that uh, Cyberbunker, of course, did land on the moon, and uh, I totally believe in that. <laughs> Hilarious, I tell you. But it's it's important that people, of course, we laugh. But this is the BBC, and if you read the New York Times, two days in a row, they're they're spouting this just blather. Just total bull crap because they don't know what they're talking about. They really don't understand. You know, if anyone is doing anything in this, the, the heroes are at the exchanges. You know, the guys who are running the real routers, you know, the the uh, the BGP stuff that is, you know, at the exchanges. And that, that's not a stock exchange. Okay. That's an Internet uh, exchange. Those are the guys that are really managing all this stuff. And they're the heroes. No one, No one interviews them. No, no let's let's talk to the PR guy from from Spam Whores. Yeah, uh, or some other PR guy from yeah, some It's all it's company. all it's all. But th- this is a uh this this whole racket which I've I've been, you know, like the dvorak.org blog was always getting blocked here and there and I had to do a lot of research to figure out who was doing it. It was always one of these companies that that puts up blacklists. Yep. And it's like, why am I on the blacklist? I mean, it's just a blog, for God's sake. And, you you know, and you, it's always you can't figure out who they are and no, you can't get a it, hold of anybody. It's like. But this uh, is this is this is uh, people should stop using these blacklists from these yeah. people. Well, just you know, either stop using email or 
you know, get a team up with a small, you know, a small company that runs their own servers. You know, don't be using all this other crap. That's how we used to do it. Remember, we used to have like an ISP, and it was like a local guy. Yeah, and he'd call, "Hey man, hey man, my email's not working. Don't worry, I'll fix it. One second. Okay, you kind of have that with my guy. Yeah, you do. Yeah, but that, that guy is probably not taking new clients. Uh, I, I think, think he so. is. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Okay. So big in the uh, c c t y m e dot com. And uh, and I run my own mail server, and I'm I'm very right. happy with that. Very happy. And, you, and you're not corrupted. <laughs> no, mm-hmm. at all. Of course, you probably you block your spam with any technique at all. Um, you know, I actually, uh, if you look at the, because I just I just bought a Mac Mini server, and it literally has everything kind of right in there, and just started a up Mac Mini. Yeah, Mac server. Mini server. Yeah, OS X Mac Mini server. It has everything kind of in there, including the same, um, you know, mail program. Like you've got, I've got Squirrel Mail. If I want, I, actually, I wind up using that more than I would ever expect. I feel the same way. It's kind of, you know, because when you do a search, you're searching on the server, and it's it's, it's pretty fast. And anyway, um, so it does have spam whores in there as a choice, and I think it may be by default. Um, but I didn't choose to use that. You know, it's fun. So what I what I actually have done, and it sounds it's kind of a crazy way to do it, but I I dislike all these uh, all these typical filters. Is I've set up on the server there's an account that's running, and I actually have Thunderbird running with custom mail rules that I've created over time. So it is uh, it's it a lot of stuff should be blocked at the server end, and there is there is obviously there's some stuff that you know if it can't authenticate it blocks. I mean there's some some low lower level SMTP stuff that it does, um, but I've really kind of built my own mail rules over time, and uh, and I just have a, a copy of Thunderbird running all the time, filtering that out, and I get it through IMAP, so it kind of works. It's 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 a little more uh, than most people will do, I'm sure. But actually, it- with most of these systems, if you wanted to put the effort into it, you could create a, a filtering system yourself, yeah. which you did, yeah, yeah. and it, which would be very effective, specifically for you. Yeah, and also uh, in Squirrel Mail, you can, uh, or on OSX, no, not Squirrel Mail, OSX, no, maybe it is Squirrel Mail, you can actually set up uh, server-side rules, um, and I've also set up a number of those. So it's, it's, you know, yeah, it takes a little work, but you know what? What are you teaching your kids at school? You're teaching them nothing of any use. You should te- when kids go to school, they should be taught how to uh, compile a kernel, a Linux kernel, just, just so they do it, just so they've seen it, set up a mail server, set up a web server, you know, uh, set up a porn site. I mean, these are the things that are useful for, for kids. What are we teaching them in school? Have the, the black history. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, so of course, in in the United States of Gitmo Nation, we have the big Defense of Marriage Act uh, that's in the Supreme Court, and I'd, I'd like to. Well, there's actually two things running. As I looks, I, and I can't see when one starts and the other begins, and the other ends, and one. Well, anyway, this the DOMA is being discussed, and so is the Prop Eight situation in California. Well, this is it's very interesting because uh, people in the United States don't understand how it works and how it operates, but outside of the United States, they really have no idea. And we have a, a guest, and she's actually uh, 
Uh, she's leaving tomorrow, but uh, our guest uh, from the Netherlands, she's a writer. She, she writes for magazines, and by the, a lot of insight she gives me. It's like, pff, you know, she, she gets double edited because she's always trying to slip kind of like crackpot stuff through, and they won't have it, and the advertise. I mean, if you really want to know, talk to any writer who writes for a mainstream magazine, they'll tell you that you can't do anything that might even remotely piss off the advertisers. And so she's well read, and and uh, so you know, she's oh well you know because the, the way you see the news like oh you know tomorrow we're gonna wake up and you can marry anything I'm gonna marry this chair you know that's how it's gonna roll here <laughs> no that's not what's gonna happen and I, <laughs> and I said and I said do you know that the DOMA the Defense of Marriage Act do you know that that Bill Clinton signed that into law and her head went what so yeah Bill Clinton uh, uh, and now he's he's rescinding on that. Says really? Oh, he's yeah. easy for easy to rescind on after yeah. you're out. <laughs> yeah. I didn't mean to do I, that. I, but but it, what was interesting is she said, "Oh, I, that was like some. I, I thought that was part of the Constitution." What? Yeah, but and, and she's smart, man. But this is how nobody if in, in Holland's going to even understand the basics of our Constitution. How simple it is, and if and the fact is most of these things are outside the Constitution, and that's why they're always debating whether they're allowed by the Constitution in these court situations. I know, but, 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 but people so don't understand what what is... Go- but also, this is how yeah, we're portrayed. Get rid of our guns. Well, it's funny, it's funny you bring that up, because, um, you know, Nancy Pelosi's daughter, Alexandra, uh, who I'm starting to grow a dislike for, not that I ever liked her, but like it's like kind of a severe thing, she was on Pierce Moron, and she because she did a documentary. She's promoting a documentary about the New Jersey. I think it was the governor who. Uh, oh, she's the one who went into the deep south and found every toothless guy she could in yes, Mississippi. Yes, and yes, made it yes. look like the whole state's a bunch of toothless. Yes, sticks. yes. So I don't knock. I like to screw my dog when my <laughs> wife's not around. <laughs> Opening of the show. I'm gonna just take the time code. Okay, so she's she's on and. Uh, with the, with the governor who came out as gay, remember that he was there with his wife and he and he resigned. It was like this whole big deal. That was maybe ten years ago, I think. So she's done a documentary on him. Her husband is Dutch, and uh, so Pierce brings up, you know, the, of course, his main topic about New uh, Newtown, Connecticut, and yeah, I'm sure his ratings are skyrocketing from this theme yeah. of his. And uh, and I I think that there was like there's a, some story although I'm not sure if it's really been corroborated that two guys came up said that with a lady with a stroller and said give us your money no and then they shot the the infant in the head uh, <laughs> you didn't hear the story no it's uh, it doesn't uh, it's kind of like a cry sounds sounds like a crock to me so but listen to what Pelosi daughter of the biggest reptile in D.C. had to say. To me, that it's getting worse. I don't know what you think about this, but... And by the way, so yeah. here's a British guy who <laughs> about to talk about a Dutch guy's opinion of our country. This seems like an escalation in the desensitizing of these kids. Is this, yeah, Adam Lanza at Sandy is Hook. To, to or something, or is he drunk? No, he's, this is he's just how he talks. He's trying to talk like this a little bit. Well, to walk into a classroom of first graders and just annihilate them. This I love the words. A kid who's been charged with this offense to walk up to a baby in a stroller and just shoot a bullet in its head. Yahoo! It seems to me a sort of dehumanizing process has gone on here that removes any sense of normal behavior. I thought you were taking it to the place of redemption. Now, by the way, what happened here is uh, they have a script for this interview, and she 
totally he went off script. Yeah, she she well she totally misunderstood. Oh, she, she went. She essentially lost. Okay, she, she, she lost. lost. She lost his train of thought, and she's actually going to say that right now. I thought you were going to talk about Tiger Woods, which he didn't mention in the in the whole lead up to this. So she's. It's just, this is These insane. shows are highly scripted, by the yeah, way. Yeah, very, very scripted. Because you're starting with Tiger Woods, and I thought you were going to ask Jim if he thought these people deserved redemption. Well, I, I'm going to come to that. I mean, I think that... I'm going to come to that. I'm going to come back to that part of the script. Well, hold on. I, I'm not really, I suppose, that Here, exercise... She will take off over your show if you let her. So. And I will, and I will tell you that my husband is Dutch, and he watches you every night, and he says, this is sick. This country is sick, and it's a disease, and it's sad that, you know, it's great that you can say it, but that the whole world doesn't see it, and that... If you get a class, I have a first grader. If you line up a cla their class of 20 kids and they get what happened in Sandy Hook and that doesn't change this country, then you have to realize there's something really sick and disgusting about this country. You're not allowed to say that in America. In America, you have to say, USA, chant, this is the greatest country on earth, and that's all you're allowed to say. But I, I think you... So, um, true on the USA, uh, which, by the way, your mom okay. would be the number one douchebag doing that. Um, but why don't you why don't you take your Dutch husband and put him on a plane, and send him back to Deutschland, where it's so much better? Where let me see, you make well, it's a, not sick and disgusting. You, is what she calls yeah, it. Yeah, where you make a movie and then uh, you know just a movie against uh, not even against just a movie about a religion, and then your head gets cut off and you get gunned down in the street. Um, how about that? Or where? Um, uh, you know, just walk around Amsterdam. Tell me how safe you feel as a woman or as a gay man or woman. Tell me how safe you feel in that in that unsick country. The world is sick, lady. I like the script thing. The fact that they <laughs> the script and she was like, wait, I thought you were going to be on this item two. Talk about, yeah. <laughs> hey, dude. We had a, one of the, we should remind, this is, we talked about this maybe two or three years ago. We had a, one of the producers that used to work on the McLaughlin Report, and he says that entire show right, is completely scripted. scripted. Right, right. Including what people say and how they say it and how they get interrupted. And I'd like to remind people that not only is this podcast not scripted, I'll take it one step further. We do not speak to each other outside of the 15 minutes before we start the show when we're just, like, getting tea and playing slide whistle during the show, and then after the show where we discuss essentially – the uh, artwork, the title of the show, and then uh, if uh, John's going to be on Twit, I try and uh, rile him up, try and <laughs> try and make, to say crazy crap on the show, and that rarely works, by the way. Um, and that's about it. And that is why we are. I think it's part of our success, and people still don't sometimes don't even believe that. No, I know it's because many of our clips, since we're essentially we're not on the same exact wavelength, and we're not even in the same part of the country. But we we watch the same sources, even though there's more sources than we can actually watch, and we, we switch around a lot. Yeah. Uh, but we come, we find the same kinds of stories, and so we'll have complementary clips, which makes it look rehearsed. Because you know, you'll say something, I got a yeah. boom, and then I got yeah. one in there, and then you got a topper, and that kind of thing. <laughs> now, I did have one clip from the Supreme Court uh, discussions, which uh, I believe Kagan had the best line, and apparently these these discussions about gay marriage. Uh, Doma and the Prop 8 uh, are packing them in, unlike most Supreme Court. He, and here's what I don't understand. Why? Um, so, you know, of course, if like you and I were both, we, you, you'd have C-SPAN on. Then we have this this great 
uh, debate, which is it's grandiose one way or the other. But there's no video; it's only audio, and it's it's like a radio play. I mean, you've got the audience hooting and hollering and laughing, and I yeah. like it; I enjoy it. But why no cameras in the Supreme Court? What is the thinking behind that? They're not very attractive people. Okay, right. That would make sense. Yes. So uh, anyway, so we <laughs> they're have, not camera ready. They're not. They don't want to put makeup on, and they'd be tempted to. Have you seen Ginsburg's legs? I mean, please. Jeez. So, uh, so they were are getting big laughs, uh, and Kagan had the best line. I have it here: "Getting big laughs in the Supreme Court." And she she's played to the audience and got the big laugh, and there the whole place was happy as as a clam. Yeah. Well, and that in state turn. said, "Mr. Cooper, suppose a state said." But hold um, on! Stop! 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 I have to set it up. This is the argument that she's attacking, which is that the reason you don't have gay marriage, and, and this guy's an anti-gay marriage. Is because there's no procreation. It's all about procreation. That's what the whole game is. And so now hit it again. Because we think that the focus of marriage really should be on procreation, uh, we're not going to give marriage licenses anymore to any couple where both people are over the age of 55. Would that be constitutional? No, Your Honor, it would not be constitutional. Because that's the same state interest, I would think, you know. If you're over the age of 55, you don't help us serve the government's interest in regulating procreation through marriage. <laughs> I, by the way, when I heard that, I was like, I'm listening to the giant's giant voice system. <laughs> you are not helpful to your government. You are not procreating. Stay inside. So why is that different? Your Honor, even with respect to couples over the age of 55, it is very rare that both, couple, both parties uh, to the couple are infertile. And the traditional... Uh, uh, no, really, because norm. if a couple... <laughs> I can just assure you, if both the woman and the man are over the age of 55, there are not a lot of children coming out of that marriage. <laughs> we are so messed up in our head in this country about penis, vagina, boobies, nipples, ass... You know, anything that has to do with the human body, because that's not laughter. That's that's nervous laughter, John. That's a nervous humor. Oh, I think she got the big laugh. That yeah, but, it, but peep, yeah, it's a punchline, but it's just so... No, you so, think it was... It was sad. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Would be having sex and kids? <laughs> I assure you, when you put it in there, nothing will come out. <laughs> like, ugh, really? By the way. All right, so... That's all you got? For the, I had all those clips, and I said, you know, this is not that interesting. It's going to be <laughs> easier to deconstruct the, the results rather than picking up these one-liners and these these coy arguments. And it's, the arguments are interesting, I yeah. have to say. And, you know, and I always enjoyed, by the way, I did listen to the Supreme Court case about the dogs. And because uh, I, it's, it, <laughs> what? it's totally fascinating. And, and of course, about, I don't know. Up, I don't know what about the dogs. Uh, well, play sniffer dogs decision. Oh. <laughs> this is all. This was also in the Supreme Court, huh? Police will have to get a warrant from now on before they bring drug sniffing dogs on a suspect's property. Yeah, right. The on. Supreme Court handed down that decision today, five to four. Justice Anthony Scalia wrote the majority opinion for a conservative liberal combination. He found that using sniffer dogs without a warrant violates fourth. the Fourth Amendment's yeah. protection against illegal search and Absolutely, seizure. Absolutely, because we know the dogs lie. Yeah, there's that too. Yeah, the dogs lie. The dogs the lie. Dogs lie. It's beside the get them, get the dogs away. That's the that's the point. Yeah. And apparently, it was only the liberal part of the court that thought this was the way to go, and all the conservatives. Yeah, it's fine. Let the dogs come on the property. 
What difference does it make? They're not going inside. And that was their basic argument. But Scalia said, ah, screw that. And he flipped nah, and became good. one. And, again, the, and the liberals said, oh, you can write the decision because you're more erudite than we are. <laughs> erudite. So, <laughs> so erudite, gave him no. the thing to write. Yeah. Hey, um, just thinking back to that, that comment, I was kind of ageist. You know, it's also like, you know, you're 55. Like, you're, 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 just, you're just, you don't have sex. You're just useless. That is a good point. You that is an ageist it, comment. It, it, you know, I'm just thinking, because I'm, I'm like, hey, wait a minute. That's only like seven years from now. Six. Screw mm. that. And by I'm the- in my rearview mirror. <laughs> <laughs> and objects in the rearview mirror may seem closer than they appear, or something like that. Well, I only caught one thing about this whole DOMA, and of course, um, this, uh, this really means nothing. Uh, so the Supreme Court could strike it down because the way it works in it still works, I believe, in these United States is it's a state's rights issue. States determine, you know, their own laws in this regard. And the federal government pretty much has nothing to do with it. Um, but I caught on um, uh, this is MSNBC uh, on the morning Joe program. They had some guests on, uh, I guess, legal experts and uh, and the well, listen to it and see if you hear the same thing I heard. The, the DOMA debate, just reading about it, would appear that that's done. That they're going to just throw it out, huh? It sounds like it. But the interesting thing is, it doesn't sound like they're going to throw it out because they think that it's unconstitutional on an equal protection basis. It, it sounds like if they if they toss out DOMA, it's because of a legal technicality because it tramples on states' rights. It's a, states' rights is a legal technicality, apparently. <laughs> what is he, he's a legal technicality? <laughs> just a legal little a it's minor. It's the way the system works. What is wrong with these people? It's a minor, minor yeah, little it's legal, a legal technicality. technicality. The Tenth Amendment is just a legal technicality. <laughs> but this is how we're being programmed. This is oh, how yeah. we're being programmed, and I'm going to rescind to you. I will rescind and repent that uh, I was unawares. And I think that's correct with the S of the cutting in line phenomenon, which now is confirmed as also taking place in Texas. Although I still have yet to receive confirmation or empirical proof myself that it's happening in Austin. You'll never see it because you're an older guy and they're going to see you and they're not going to do it. In fact, I have on the if you saw the second batch of clips, I do have one clip which I want to discuss. Although we can discuss it after taking a number of executive producers who are coming in because we have show 500 coming up next Sunday, this coming Sunday, well, which is that. Easter Sunday. And I want to get these out of the way because there's a lot of them and we want to make sure everyone gets a good thank you yes. uh, for uh, helping us celebrate and this is really 500 part- shows. And this is really part of the pre-celebratory um, um, festivities. Yeah. Uh, so we have a lot. We have a, a couple of people. Two of our producers came in as instanites. Wow, awesome! Each a, 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 a Gerard. How do you pronounce this in, in Dutch? Boers. Boers. Gerard Boers is how I pronounce it. Gerard. Gerard. Boers isn't Boers like one of the great great Dutch names? Um. Well, you you know that there's this is all, all this stuff changed. Set up South Africa. Oh, the Boers. You're right. And he's well. It couldn't. It makes sense. He's from the south of Holland, Limburg, Sittart. Uh, yeah. In fact, I I think he's um, yeah. And he sent us no note that I could find, and we looked and looked. Really. And uh, hmm. 
And he he's probably was a relative of somebody that was in the Boer War, I would think. <laughs> yeah. I'm convinced. Boer, that was like a major, major deal. But yeah, anyway, it was I want to thank him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the South, you would recognize it being in the South. But we also have a guy from the South of, of the USA, Paxton Sanders from Madison, Alabama. Uh, and he says he wants to thank us for all the entertainment information. Only one request, karma for his family. Absolutely. Happy to hand that out. And you deserve it, my friend. You've got karma. That's right. I was just uh, QSOing with uh, with Alabama. You were QSOing. With Alabama, yeah. 10-4. No, no. On, no, on the CWs, my friend. You were on the CW? Yeah, I got with my paddle and everything. I'm. It's so, it's. You it's, have a paddle? I, I have a, a iambic paddle. So I, I met with the CEO of Roku. Oh, yeah. Lunch, yeah. Yeah. And, I, and he started, which somehow got off the track because he's interested <laughs> in a bunch of things. So I'm interested in, like, yeah. he has, he's getting chickens. I, uh-huh. I think I talked him to getting a C-band dish. <laughs> Which he was in his front yard in Palo Alto, which I don't think he's going to get away. Hey, wait a minute. Did, did he say, hey, that No Agenda show was always on the favorite list on Roku? Did he mention that? Did he bring it up? No. I brought it up, and he didn't know anything. No, he, 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 said, doesn't, oh, that's, he said, that's great. He doesn't so use anyway, his own stuff. You know he doesn't Go use to the Roku uh, uh, search, and you just type in No Agenda. Right. Anyway, the uh, but I, I think I talked him into becoming a ham. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Who's the guy that started Tandem Computers? Oh, uh, I, there's a, I, I don't remember. His so name. he he's a ham and he lives in Austin. And I was introduced via email. And he's and and this I mean this like he's like a billionaire still probably. Uh, oh, yeah. And uh, and he's like I can't get rid of the money fast enough. Well, I'm gonna try and help him. Yeah, make him listen to the No Agenda show. <laughs> yeah. We need your little device. We need an <laughs> we need a we need an endowment. But he's a ham. He's like, hey man, let's have some coffee. Like, cool. <laughs> sure. These poor guys, they they're not in the business anymore, so they're just bored. And and our scientist friend Russell, Professor Russell from the brain in the the brain guy. Yeah. I I'm, I don't know what we said exactly, but I think he's trying to take my wife away from me now. <laughs> He's, I swear to God, he's like, he's letting her photograph. Hey, he's like, home? no, seriously. <laughs> he's like, so first she was allowed to photograph the entire brain collection. with, And the, the pictures uh, are. Okay, I get it. I have seen what he was. But no, no, he's like, would you like to see the mummies we have in the basement? Oh, hmm. And let's meet in. Basement, Flo- would you like to see a mummy bed? <laughs> let's meet in Florence. I know the friends there at the. Uh- <laughs> At the museum, I'm sure I can get you to see to photograph some of the special exhibits. Like this guy's totally stealing my wife. <laughs> he's probably thinking about it. Uh, well, I mean, he's probably yeah. It was probably from the last show. You made some indication that you you might want to go gay. <laughs> what? Now's my opportunity. <laughs> I don't remember that. I do. Go, let's get some more thanks out there. Kobe okay. hung in. Uh, uh, Parts unknown. Uh, he says um, he gave us five eighty uh, for the producer the show, and he says it's been fifty eight shows since I last donated. So here's ten dollars for each of them. Thank you. See you at the round table. Um, is Adios, he a, mofos. Yeah, should be at night. Uh, I don't. See- we'll, we'll night him on Sunday if we if he okay. is. All right. John White, Jackson, Tennessee, five three two six one. In order, in honor of the upcoming 500th episode of the best podcast in the universe, I've decided to speed up my knighthood. I would like the title to be Sir Doctor Sharkey. Please douche, then de douche my senators Alexander and Corker, and send some karma and an ITM. 
So he wants to douche and then de-douche? Yeah. Okay, well, we can do that. You've been de-douched. In the morning. You've got karma. Let me just make sure I've got, because uh, JC never puts that down when he, when someone wants a title. So he wants to be Sir Dr. Sharkey. Okay, I got it. Uh, Hyperware Technologies, uh, on behalf of Sir David Foley in Los Gatos, the lost cat. No, it's actually the cat. The cats. 500 from Sir David Foley, get coins, 500 get coins for the best podcast <laughs> in the universe. Hey, shoot. Hold on a second. Stop. Stop, 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 stop. And let me do it real quick before anyone else does it. Oh, my God. Please tell me this is available. Oh, I can't go fast enough. Get Well, you, you do it while we're hold going on. on. Hold on. I got getcoin.com. Let me see if I can register. How funny is that? You could have a coin with like a dude all messed up looking. <laughs> How funny is that? Get- yeah, it's worth a lot of money. <laughs> Gitcoin. Let me see if I can get it. What? Get- ah, crap. Somebody has Gitcoin? No, something's messing up. Hold on. Oh, no, you're killing the show. You're killing the pace and the flow here. Yeah, but, but if, you, if you don't do this, then someone else will get it. Yes, they would immediately. Okay. Now, no good. Someone has Gitcoin. <laughs> they do, but what about Git-coin? No, uh, no, we're not going to do dashes. For the best podcast in the universe, he says, he wants some karma. Okay, absolutely. Sorry about interrupting the flow there. You've got karma. Christopher Roach, Roche in Tampa, Florida, the home of the uh, of the best uh, uh, lap dancers in the world. <laughs> Thank you guys for the hours of entertainment while being broke and unemployed. Now that I'm a productive wage slave, I can bri- provide value for nice, value. Nice. I only ask for the... A little karma to keep the prosperity going, shooting for the knighthood by the end of the year. Oh, that's very awesome. And thank you for, for remembering us in your, yes. in your prosperous times. Don't worry. It'll swing back. Well, not for a while. <laughs> no, because he got Keith karma. Cha- Keith Chamberlain in Medford, Oregon. I love the... F- I love the financial cliff screen. Please play. I fear it will disappear from disuse. I need karma. Karma for everyone, please. $500. Ah! You've got karma. That could be to take the place of that, that, what's the name of that scream everyone uses in all their movies just because it's funny to use it? Um, I don't know. Uh, somebody in the chat room will tell you. Francine Hardaway, Dame Francine, as a matter of fact. No. She'll be, she'll go, she's moving up a notch. Yeah, but she's now Dame Francine. Oh. You don't give him the title during the reading. Oh. Right? Yep. Phoenix, Arizona, three 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 three, and that was your policy three 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 three. This should make me Baroness von Stealth mode. <laughs> okay. In time for show five hundred. But she's not claiming a, a protectorate. She will in, a, in due time. I'm she sure doesn't have to. Maybe <laughs> probably Phoenix. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I love our little uh, upside down helmet for Baroness. He, he says we need art. <laughs> yeah, we cool. need art for the Barons. We do. We do. All right. David McGee, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, three thirteen thirteen. After giving up mass media six years ago for better health and intelligence, instead of relying on friends, blogs, and podcasts as a filter for what's important, uh, instead relying on, uh, I had since tried a few news review type podcasts. Podcasts are comp- a competition, albeit unsuccessfully. A few months ago, producer Michael Dunn hit me in the mouth before I 
had my first NA show listen. I thought it w- might be off like the NPR podcast on the media. Yeah, it's I just was, like that. I was way off. <laughs> the so-called media scrutiny effort of our national treasure is rubbish compared to the top-notch media deconstruction of the No Agenda show. Here's some value for nice. value. Uh, for you. your valuable insights, three thirteen thirteen from a thirty three year old. Cheers, Dave in Pittsburgh. Thank you very much, Dave. That's that's very cool. And but I think it's a good way to propagate the show. You can just say to people, it's almost like NPR's on the media. Yeah, almost. Almost. Not quite. Not quite. <laughs> uh, I have never listened to on the media. I don't think. Oh yeah, no, I've listened. Oh, maybe I, I have. It's so like a weekend I've, show. Maybe. I've been on on the media. Oh, you have. Yeah, when uh, when we first started with podcasting. Huh. I should find that. They're like, wow, this is crazy. What are you thinking? Who cares? Is that what they said? Yeah, I'm paraphrasing. I should yeah, find it. I should find what it. They said. Hank in Kew Gardens, New York, 31313. These are all 31313, by the way. I love you and what you've done for myself and all the other producers, Knights of Dames, Dukes, and Grand Dukes, hookers, rent boys, and wenches. Mm. And anyone else I'm leaving out. Keep on trucking. I love a de-douching jobs karma. Looking at a few opportunities as I write this, and I need to get out of the bottomless pit of hell that is this country's higher education system. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, de-douching. Here we go. You've been de-douched. Jobs, 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 and jobs. Let's vote for jobs. You've got karma. It's, anyway, it's called the Wilhelm Scream. You've heard of it. You never heard of the Wilhelm Scream? No, I don't think so. Oh, well, you can look it up. It's a, it's a scream that was in some old movie, and everybody puts it in their movies. In the, if there's a screaming sequence, they throw it in. I was inc- very identified. I was incorrect. It was um, All Things Considered. Ah, a lot different. Yep. Crap. Blake Israel, Norwalk, Connecticut. Please credit as Blake from Norwalk, Connecticut. Connecticut, Connecticut nuts. The show has been outstanding in the past few weeks. Can I get a shut up, science chemtrails karma? Sure. Only if you read the the outstanding the way he actually wrote it. The show has been outstanding. Shut up already. It's science. Chemtrails. You've got karma. Jacob Shearer in Crystal, Minnesota. Nuts. Nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Jake Shearer, this is my first donation after listening to more from more than a year. I never want to be seen as a mooch. So I was always trying to save up to be an instantite, but something always came up. So people, my message to you and myself is donate what you can monthly. By the way, it adds up to becoming you go, becoming an instantite is not that easy. And, and, and I just want to reiterate how happy we are that so many people are now signing up for monthlies. You, it's, of course, a one-off is always welcome, but it's really the monthly that over time does. Over time. Yeah. And if enough people do it, we've had so many people just not doing anything. Right. He wants to, he went to $33.33 nice. monthly, which is available. Please de-douche me and send some job karma for my music teacher wife. You've been de-douched. You've got karma. Monica Lansing in Drayton, Alberta, Canada. Uh, hey, boys. Well, this donation should make me a dame. Uh, don't have she's not on the list. Well, put her on the list. I'm going to put her on the list. Put her on the list. Okay. Two six and she's got some accounting here. Could I have some golf karma for my sweetie who is heading to Vegas with his sons? Keep up the great work. So, she, so she's at home listening to us. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, I bet. You've got karma. Might be opportunity mm-hmm. for you after your wife is <laughs> leaves me for the brain the brain doctor. The brain doctor. <laughs> Sir Matthew Greensmith in uh, Wheeler Hill, Victoria. ITM. The last few shows have been extra great, oh. and I keep looking forward to each new show. Congratulations on 500 and more to come. I would like to issue a personal challenge to Simon Elisha to hit his knighthood before I get a barony. Yeah, hey. Sir Matt in Melbourne. The, the gauntlet has been thrown. Gordon Jones in Sykeston, Missouri. Uh, well, it's finally time to get off my butt and donate. I've enjoyed your insight into the issues we face. As a family physician, I love hearing Adam and his ideas about what drugs would be interesting to use. <laughs> Send me then some. Come on, hurry up! Can't already. help but think about it as I prescribe them. I'm Curry, free Curry would love this. Payments and it's free of alimony payments. I've decided there was not a better way to use the money than support the best podcast in the universe. Planning on a knighthood in the future. Keep up all the great work. You need some karma for for the many blessings we all have. Absolutely, and I, w- I would like to say that uh, Doctor Doctor G and there are other doctors and physicians of uh, all walks of life who always are very happy. Uh, to send us information, and uh, you know, often they have to be a little quiet about it, but they do. Uh, they do hook us up with good info. You've got karma. Unlike uh, on television, where you get some douchebag, fake ass doctor who's just promoting some pharma- pharmaceutical crap. Alan Smith in Powder Springs, Georgia, on behalf of Mike Roch, ITM Pod Father Allah, Jehovah, and Lady Madonna, praise to five hundred. <laughs> Single jingle request, double speak of the week, saludos. <laughs> okay, uh, where the hell is it? Double speak of the week. No, I, I know which one it is, but I don't know. Uh, it's the double, 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 double speak of the week. Oh, that, that, that. Jeez. Um. Oh, here it is. Found it. It's the double, 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 double speak of the week. The double, 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 double speak of the week. There you go. Huh. I haven't heard that for a while. Yeah, it's been a while. Joshua Riker in New Fairfield, Connecticut. Uh, keeping it short, short and sweet, thanks for all the work you guys do. It's the best podcast in the universe. I appreciate being able to actually get the news in time of glitz in Hollywood that is now called News. <laughs> also got off my butt and finally got around to signing up for the 3333 subscription. I'll remember to yell at you if you cancel it on me. Yes, please Smiley do. face. <laughs> all right. I'd like an LGY and some general karma. Yay! You've got karma. Uh, what's the name? You know, I was, well, I will get to it after this. I've I got to get through this. Yeah, Daniel Grip in Lansdale, Pennsylvania, 313. Don't have a note. Uh, we will read one on Sunday if, he, if I can find one. Sir Keith Edwards in Gilbert, Arizona. Uh, karma for all the Knights and Dames producers and my fellow wage slaves. You've got karma. Sir Robert Goshko in Sherwood uh, Park, Alberta. Happy 500 show. Been a listener since show number one. Been yeah. quite the ride. Keep hitting those media brain dead zombies in the mouth and keep going on for another 500 episodes. He needs a general purpose karma shot. Thank you, Sir Rob. You've got <laughs> karma. John Noonan in LeClaire, Iowa. This is to help me get caught up for all the shows I've screwed you over on. <laughs> I hope one day to join the roundtable. I'm in the process of moving to a joint account with my hot fiance, Amy, 
And as soon as uh, that is done, I will set up a monthly donation so this problem does not occur again. A de-douching would be uh, in order. Yes, and send pictures of your You've been de-douched. You know, I got an email uh, yesterday from uh, one of our producers, female. And it was a picture of her and her husband. But they're starting a t-shirt business for uh, tall men. Uh, and so she said, no, what do you think of the idea? And she said, oh, I, I, I figured you'd ask for it anyway, so here's a picture of me. <laughs> I'm like, uh-huh. This is very good. They're learning. And Just, smoking hot, I would say. Yeah, no wonder she's going to run off with the doctor. Justin Jones, <laughs> Fort Wayne, Indiana. I was a regular listener, then I fell off the wagon for about two years. Oh, wow. I recently started listening again, and less than a month later, landed a job that I'd been lusting after for more than a year. Definitely not a coincidence. Please deduce me for my first ever donation and pass on some jobs karma for all the other job seekers in Getmo Nation Hoosier. Please uh, keep up the good work in the pa- on the best podcast in the universe. I'll keep hitting people in the mouth here in Fort Wayne, Indiana. You've been deduced. Jobs, 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 and jobs. Let's vote for jobs. Yeah! You've got karma. Good old uh, Sir Dean Bertram out there in, in Ghana. Uh, th- congratulations. Uh, now he uh, says he's qualified for his barony, and he wants to claim the Gold Coast in Ghana. Nice. Okay. Right. Got it. Hold on a second. Let me write this down here. Yeah, nailed it. Okay, Move. Gold Coast, Gold Coast, Ghana. Done. Amy, Amy Pusson, P-O-U-S-S-O-N, in Davenport, Iowa. A very high-tech little town for some unknown reason. Can I get a douchebag for my fiancé, Johnny Noonan? He has, been, he has been talking about donating again for weeks. Maybe now he will. Congratulations on Show 500, truly the best podcast in the Well, you know, he, he did donate. He, he was, he's, he's up there from LeClaire. Yeah. And so this is his hot fiancé. Well, Amy. she douchebagged douche him anyway. <laughs> Well, I feel it's like not. Been done. There's nothing we can't undo. It. I think I can deduce. I think no, I should. but I think she has to request it. She didn't ask for a deducing. Okay. If it were up to me, I'm a little more lenient. But you know, you 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 have and seniority. Let them have their own little fight amongst themselves. You have seniority. You have seniority. See how it it works out. All right. Sir, I'm this done. in Selkirk, Manitoba, two hundred dollars, and he'll be the one and only associate executive producer. A donor, Lorne Holkinson, Lorne Holkinson, Selkirk, Manitoba, Canada. Note, hey, Elmira and Patty, this donation <laughs> is on my behalf of my father, which I had called out as a douchebag over a year ago. <laughs> he would like to the de- he would like to the deduced and deserves a shot of karma. Lorne also adds, you two are truly the guardians of reality. Don't ever stop. The world needs you, Sir Lucas. Well, that's one of the nicest things anyone's ever said, I think. Uh, it's very nice, in fact. And I guess Guardians of reality. Guardians of I, reality. That's, that's my new one. You're the Guardians of reality. <laughs> no, this, is, this, this is it. No, this is it. This is it. It's like, so uh, what do you do, Adam? I'm a guardian of reality. How does it sound? I like it. I think it sounds good. Yeah. Yeah, because people are going to go, oh. <laughs> to go, oh, step, step back. Sit next to you. This is like putting a mask on or having <laughs> Step backwards, step backwards. <laughs> You've been de-douched. You've got...
karma. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak, we are guardians of reality. Hold on, hold on. Thank everybody who who helps us, and this is a celebration uh, show, so it's going to have a a lot of uh, donors, and we appreciate this to an extreme. But we want to remind people that show five hundred is on Sunday. If you want to help us, then. Uh, you can go to Dvorak.org slash NA, channeldvorak.com slash NA, the No Agenda Show. There's a donate button on there and also noagendanation.com. And I guess uh, Eric's now at the point where he wants to plug the Constitution that he's cranked out. And I think he has a special website for it, and I think he'll have to send it to me. We'll plug I it. think it's constitution.noagendanation.com. The Constitution. Isn't that what it is? I could be. Yeah, well, you should uh, definitely. People should go check that out and see what he's up to because this is really a, a very nice thing that he's doing. That's one hot roll, baby. I'm Adam Curry and I'm John C. Dvorak, and we're having lots of fun here on No Agenda. Hey, just a little ditty for you. Just to who s- did that ditty? Well, one of our producers. Yeah, people are sending stuff all the time. I like the one hot brolf baby. I think that's kind of new. One hot brolf. Let me play that again. I kind of like that. That's one hot brolf baby. It's <laughs> a brolf. We are officially now where the, where the show is getting remixed. <laughs> so I have a couple of talk wait, about but wait, but before we get there. I just need to tell the slaves to shut up. Uh, Can we yes. do that? Yeah, we have to do that. So please, you have to do something above all, and let us always propagate the formula. Our formula is this: we go out, we hit people in the mouth. All right. So I had uh, there's a new uh, kind of a crazy hoarder show that that came out. I I don't have the the title of it. I'm trying to see if I can find it. It's called Spam Hoarder. <laughs> no, that's a funny idea though. Uh, I was type that's funny. I was typing up the uh, the search and I instead of writing the word I wanted, uh, I wrote typed in spam. <laughs> you know that spam? Remember Spam Radio? No, it's still around. There's like. That was it was like a big thing, um, and it, it basically it just takes spam and reads it on the stream. I think uh, spam- just come and buy your replica slash slash atches. <laughs> well, this could be. I think maybe the name of this animal hoarding. Whatever the case is, I listened to an episode. It was a cat lady, and there was all, and there was a, <laughs> the, you had the mom who uh-huh. was who kept uh, helping the cat lady. And then you had uh, the daughter who was trying to get the mom from helping the cat lady, who is grandma. And grandma is a wreck. And she's like, she has 200 cats. And she, all she talks is about the cats. And then she has her, and when every time she talks, she always has a little jab she likes to give to the family. You know, it's like, it's not, it's not her fault she's got 200 cats. It's their fault. Of course. So, so <laughs> I decided to do a remix since you brought it up. Because I, I thought there's always something you can do to add a little zinger to make this, somebody's commentary a little a little better. And so we can play the two examples I have. Here's Cat Lady 1. How many cats do we have, Grandma? I don't know. You want to try to count them? I can't. They don't hold still long enough. I don't know, Grandma. We all know this has gotten so out of control. My worst fear is that we're not going to hear from you for three days. We're going to come looking for you. And what are we going to find? You guys go longer than that without calling me. <laughs> so, 
So there's always room for Wait, a did, rim did, shot. Did you put the rim shot? Did you actually produce this? Yes. <laughs> Can I do so two? I said, I told you, it's a mix. I'm trying to liven the show up. <laughs> so a rim like, shot seemed appropriate. Yeah, after 500 episodes, now finally, it's like, I'm so bored of this. I got to do a rim shot. <laughs> Let me guess. Plus, I am a rim shot guy. So anyway, so play Cat Lady 2 when we see the same sort of thing where she le- she leads us with a, with a wonderful punchline. Not one person could take care of this many animals. This house is unlivable for one cat, let alone uh, 200, I'm guessing. Well, these but, were throwaways. People threw them away. Well, Grandma. Other than like, I now have no reason to get up in the I don't want you to morning. be lonely. I know that they're the reason why you get up. I know that love for animals. But this is not fair. This isn't fair to them. Yes. Well, then why don't we have me put down? <laughs> you know... I think my grandmother actually said that at one point. I I can recall. I think she said that. (laughs) All right. That's enough of the silliness. Please. I'm killing me. Yeah, I only had the two. All right. I got to go to... Why don't you have me put down? These women, this is ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. You know what? Let's just stay... Take up sewing, lady. Yeah. You know, I think we talked about this on uh, on previous show... Like this, the the rise of the Machiavellian Machiavellian woman, and right, you have a you have a clip. I do. Of a Machiavellian woman. Do you have one? No. Well, no, I do well, have one. Well, kind of. Well, not really. You know, what, I it, do have a funny <laughs> clip that's kind no, no, of. No, 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 no. Enough for the funny clips. We got to right, go pace yourself. What you got? Pace yourself. Pace yourself. So. um... There, all of a sudden, there was all this uh, talk about a Viagra pill for women, and it's a and you know Jake Tapper. Didn't Jake Tapper work for ABC? Did he get hired for CNN? Did, did, was he? At, I thought he was at a network before. I guess no. Not. Did, Jake Tapper was one of the spokesholes for the Washington uh, for the White House. Oh, of, of course. That's why he's, he's now a news guy on CNN. Makes sense. No, but he no he's he's always been a news guy, but for a different organization. <sighs> Well, you sounds okay. I'll, I'll consult the book of knowledge. Yeah, consult the book of knowledge if you don't mind. Okay. So while you're doing that, so Jake Tapper has a new show on CNN, and of course they got to snazz it up. And so there's this, this this report about Viagra for women. I'm like, why is this happening? And I saw it on other channels. And of course, you know, uh, some this is all PR as usual. Uh, there's no movie involved in this case. Uh, but the PR is that uh, Viagra has officially been on the market for 15 years. And so um, Jake brings on the CNN expert, who they happen to have. And uh, <clears throat> what's her name? Uh, Tapper's, he, Tapper's been Good Morning America, Nightline. See, he was ABC. Well, he's never worked for the White House that I can see. Yeah, he no, he was, a, he was a, the White House correspondent. Yeah, right yeah. from ABC. But he was, that's right. I was right. He was ABC. You were there totally you right. Go yeah. on. All right. So he brings on the CNN medical expert to talk about the Viagra for women. And, uh, well, I've... Is that I've t- called Spanish fly? <laughs> Obviously, there are specific examples of couples where women have a higher desire. And so what are we really trying to do here? Make women's sexuality mirror men's so that we can make men happy? So, so this is the level, right? I'm like, that's interesting. Oh, I, I, so they took it the whole oh, wrong oh, no, direction. It, oh, it gets worse. All right. So, lastly, your your suggestion it seems to be would be if there's a woman who ha- is having a problem with sexual dysfunction, um, it's probably in her mind, and she should see a, a therapist. 
Well, it's a bit of both. It could be. There's certainly physiological conditions that could be addressed. And any therapist that's registered with ASEC, the American Association of Sex Educator or Counselors, Educators, and Therapists, uh, would be a great place to start. Um, but also, you know, if you just want to, if you guys out there just want us to raise our sexual desire, just load the dishwasher. Okay. That turns women on. Doctor Wendy Walsh. Doctor Wendy Hoare. Can you believe that? Can you believe that that is the level that that Jake Tapper has sunk to? Doing it's terrible. It's uh, embarrassing. Well, it, it, just know the dishwasher, men. Well, it was actually there was some sexist stuff she said too. Besides that, human behavior expert and author of the thirty day love thirty day love detox, fest. Dr. Walsh. Thanks for being with us. So as Hi. Elizabeth, as so as Elizabeth Peace talked about, is what needs to be addressed with women more mental than physical? Absolutely. Research shows that women's sexuality is very different than men's sexuality. Men is more about basic plumbing. Get some blood flow there. That's it's exactly. You know, I'm, I'm like I'm listening to this. I'm like, that's not okay to say. You know, it's that's it's sexist. You know, men are just they just want oh, just get some blood flow in there, stick that thing in, move it around. <laughs> Screw you, bitch. I mean, this woman makes me mad. But women, you have to address desire. Sometimes, what? And men don't have desires now. All of a sudden, Sometimes women's sexuality is about what? a des yeah. desire to be desired. I, I like to be desired. This is my sexuality is a desire to be desired. This is incredibly sexist, and there's no questioning of it. Or they have sex because no. they want a companion. Uh, great evidence of this is when evidence. Oh, great evidence. And women break up from a relationship. They don't replace their boyfriend with pornography. Like. Uh, what? Yeah. When men so break up. that's what men do? You, yes. have a, you go through a divorce, <laughs> and, you, and the next thing you know, you're plowing through porn, and they let... They, this is bullcrap. Yeah, and that's on television, on CNN, the news channel, with Jake Tapper, White House, former White House correspondent for ABC News. Wow. Talk about sinking to the bottom of the boat. Is it unbelievable? Ocean, sorry. And, and, and the worst of it, it's all to promote Viagra. Yeah. That's yeah, the worst of anniversary. it. For the for the big Viagra anniversary, I'm just I'm blown away by this. But this is happening more and more. Not just this complete idiocy, but we're seeing this ageism, sexism, and it's of course it's all reversed, which is still sexism, ageism, racism. You know, um, it's like Jim Carrey. And I don't know if you saw this. Uh, Jim Carrey uh, came out with a funnier die video. And did you see this thing? You must. Have. I didn't see it, but I know about it. Okay, and so uh, it's. Against uh, it's a it's a it's an anti-gun video. It is the most unfunniest thing he's ever done, and I'm I'm pretty big fan of Jim Carrey stuff. Uh, way back to when, oh, what was the? Remember he was on Fox, um, the Living Color. I mean, that's right that, that, with, the, he, with the Wayans boys. Yes, yeah. and um, a lot of people aren't old enough to even remember Jim Carrey from then. And so, first of all, he does a parody of Hee Haw. Now, even I'm not old enough to understand the parody of Hee Haw. Wow. Which is ridiculous. Talk about a dated reference, and, which is a no-no in comedy. And he's doing uh, Charlton Heston, another like, what? Wow. No one cares. And then in his backing band, it's like, very funny. He's got Lincoln shot with a gun. He's got John Lennon shot with a gun. You know, like, this is his backing band. Ha, ha, ha. But essentially, he's making fun of people. Who, he's saying that people who have guns are redneck white a-holes. And it's racist. Well, not only that, but the statistics. It's statistically show not that true. Actually, is the, the number of white people with guns is less than fifty percent of the total number of gun owners. Yes, so, it's a minority of users. But, actually. but, it, but it's it's, and I'm just so like, let's just go with the stereotype and forget about the facts. 
Yeah, but but the stereotype, it's, and, and I mean, I can laugh at something that I don't agree with. I can still laugh with it at if it's funny, but it's not funny. It's I don't even get it. I mean, yeah, I know Hee Haw, I know, because Goldie Hawn was on it. That's about all I know. I don't think I've ever actually no, no, seen Goldie it. Goldie Hawn was on Laughing. Oh, she was in Laughing. See, this is how, how little I know. Hee Haw. Hee Haw was a clone of Laughing done in a, in a right, Western right. style with with with. All kinds of people you never heard of because it was mainly a syndicated TV show. But I'll, here, I, I can give you some of the audio. You might get the idea, but you'll you'll say it's not funny in a minute. Why did the ventriloquist quit drinking? Because <laughs> he was acting like a real dumb. <laughs> Well, hi, Owen. Howdy, fine folks, and welcome back to Hee Haw. We want to thank our special guest, Charlton Heston, for joining us. Walter, it's an absolute pleasure to be here in the sight of God on Hee Haw. I mean, you know, it's... <sighs> oh, it's so bad. It's, it was really, really bad. Hmm. Hey, anyway, um... I need to uh, mention. Uh, let's talk about Cyprus for a second, because I, I, you know, it. Uh, what happened? Uh, of course, we know that. If you don't know, well, you know what. Uh, well, before you play your clip, just let me give my small, not as good a clip. Cyprus Redux, so we at least have some evidence of what's going on. Okay, I, I, we might have the same one. Uh, I don't see. think so. <laughs> in Cyprus, several thousand students protested in Nicosia a day after the country secured a $13 billion international bailout. The deal calls for Cyprus to shrink its banking sector and impose heavy losses on large depositors. Today, protesters marched on Parliament and the Presidential Palace. They waved signs and chanted slogans against the austerity measures. <laughs> no, we never see that. No, you're right. <laughs> that, you're not gonna, that was not an American television show, I'm sure. Actually, it was the uh, oh, really? news hour. Oh, really? Oh, it was a wow. rundown where they do oh. the little short snippets. Um, okay, so here is, uh, this is uh, the uh, our friends in Canada uh, talking about it, and uh, this is how they're kind of positioning it. In fact, a senior Cypriot politician told us that pension funds will be amongst the assets confiscated and transferred to Europe. In fact, when the Fact. banks eventually reopen here, individuals or businesses with more than $130,000 on deposit in certain banks will find a great deal of their money has been seized. And what's left will be subject to strict controls. Closing accounts or transferring money will be forbidden in the near term. No other European country has endured such a thing as this onlooker here rather shrewdly observed. What happens in Cyprus could happen in Greece, could happen in Italy, could happen in Spain, could happen in Portugal. It's wrong. Tonight, Cyprus's president returned from Brussels and told his people to brace for deep pain. Pain! And in fact, the Dutch finance minister, who played a leading role in imposing this nightmare on Cyprus, told reporters today that this will indeed be the template for any future bank bailouts. In other words, Peter, from now on, no bank account anywhere in the Eurozone is safe. That cannot be reassuring. All right, so this is what everyone was talking about, is that uh, Dijsselbloem, who is indeed the, the relatively new Dutch finance minister, uh, and I have a little clip of him, which I really like to play because you can hear kind of just how he does not give a shit about anybody. He's just just a total elitist prick. 
Um, but I am going to tell the citizenry of the EU that you brought this on yourself and that they are actually doing the correct thing. First, let's listen to the elites. The will be based on ambitious measures in areas of fiscal consolidation. I love the ambitiousness of this. Structural reforms and privatization. Privatization. Very important to remember that. Yeah. The uh, authorities will also take decisive action to safeguard the stability of the financial sector, including bank resolution and deep restructuring measures concerning the two largest banks. A levy on deposits across the whole banking sector can and will therefore be avoided. I would like to emphasize, <laughs> emphasize that none of these measures will affect deposits below 100,000 euros. There should be no doubts about that. Uh, the Leike uh, Bank will be uh, resolved uh, immediately uh, with a full contribution of equity shareholders, bondholders and uninsured depositors. Um, and it will be split into a good and a bad bank. The bad bank will be run down over time. And the good bank will be folded into the uh, Bank of Cyprus. So all the, un uh, all the insured uh, deposits will be moved into the uh, Bank of Cyprus as well as uh, good assets. The instruments that we're choosing now uh, could have been chosen a week ago, but they couldn't have been chosen a week ago because there simply wasn't a political uh, possibility to reach that uh, agreement. So I'm trying to figure out, you know, what has changed? Why is this taking place? And uh, there's two basic reasons. Uh, one, of course, you heard the, uh, the magic word privatization. And uh, this is very important to understand that uh, Turkey has been ratcheting up the pressure on Cyprus. Um, they, uh, they essentially have uh, forbidden any, the Italian energy company, from doing any projects with Turkey if they were to do anything with Cyprus because, of course, Cyprus has that Leviathan field right offshore. So, you know, Israel has it, but Cyprus has a large portion of this. <laughs> right, this is and, a, and <clears throat> most of the pumping would have to go through Cyprus. Cyprus. And, and we discussed this once before You, when you discovered this field, and it turns out that they had to privatize. We, we already talked about the the need to privatize. So they could, so they could get ownership of of the pipeline completely, and they can't take a piece of it. In other words, the Cypriot government cannot steal money from the pipeline, which mm -hmm. normally they would want to do to get a piece of the action—a penny, a you know, a barrel or something. Yep, yep. So they wanted to avoid that kind of a thing because God, we can't afford that. And so the, the idea was that this was going to happen, as you predicted, I believe, uh, two years ago. Mm -hmm. And I don't have the red book for that. It's too long ago. <laughs> and they never did what – I think the, the, I think there was a model that was supposed to occur where they're supposed to go step two, step three, step – and they just didn't. Right. And so they said, okay, we got to step in and make this happen. It's also important to note that Turkey is blackmailing Italy because Italy would love to have had the natural gas go from Cyprus to Italy into Europe – Right? That makes sense. I mean, what a bonanza. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Yeah, it's, it's going to go to Turkey. <laughs> it's going to go, you know, and we, of course, we have Greece. And we've got all, the, everything. It's all about get just total control. Of course, what's being played up is, oh, the poor citizens. Believe me, no one gives a crap about them. That is just like, just, you know, um, what do you call it? A collateral damage. No one cares. This is about screwing the Russian depositors, grabbing the gas, and rolling it right through, 
right through you know whoever is whoever winds up owning it, which by the way could be a different set of Russians for all I know. And there could be Russian battles going on. Yes. I mean, there's this thing to, a couple things to note. Well, to me, because you're going to finish this, but I wanted, yeah. I was a, kind of wondering how the Russians are going to react to this because Cyprus is kind of like the Russian second home, especially for ex- expats. A lot of them, that, you know, if they're, if all kinds of political repercussions uh, take place in some area, like even the Ukraine, some. They go to Cyprus and they hang yeah, out there yeah. until it blows over. But they also they go to Turkey. I mean, the Russians and the and the Turks are also right. buddies. But they they put their money in the banks and they expect it to be safe there. They don't expect to have it stolen from them. And in, in, in Cyprus, in fact, the first that the Bank of Cyprus they're talking about that's going to take over everything is really the first. It's it's actually a, has branches in Moscow, so there's a, like a some sort of connection there too. This is a real mess. And the and the EU, besides screwing the Russians on this deal, are also, I think, inviting a bank run on the on the banks of uh, Spain, Portugal, yes, and elsewhere. Yeah. So, so what's the point of that? Okay. Well, so you have the pro. So what I'm understanding is you have the pro-Putin guys, and uh, I'm just receiving now information that last night, because you know, last night they actually brought in the cash. You know, they had trucks with the. Ca- in fact, I've got. Uh, I've got a clip. They brought the trucks in with cash, and two jets took off with money to Russia of the people who are pro-Putin. Their money got out. Here's the, uh... the banks of Cyprus finally set to reopen tomorrow after being closed for nearly two weeks. However, the authorities are expecting runs on the banks, so they're putting in place new restrictions to try to stem the outflow of deposits. First, Cypriots will not be allowed to withdraw more than 300 euros per day. They won't be allowed to cash any checks. They won't be allowed to cash in certificates of deposit early. And finally, if you're traveling outside the country, you won't be allowed to bring out more than 3,000 euros per person per trip. There are preparations underway for the mass distribution of cash. Tonight, a huge amount of cash arriving at the central bank under heavy guard, Uh and a private security team is in place in the country with 35 armored vehicles to begin distribution of that cash from the central bank to the branches. The employees are getting in early in order to receive training on what to say and what the new measures are, and then the banks will finally reopen at noon. Here's what you say. Slave. So, uh, so that is the that is the cash part. But the thing that I found most interesting, which no one has talked about, everyone's talking about Dysel Bloom. He is head of the Euro Group, which is uh, you know apparently uh, it's like it's like the banksters of the EU, and uh, and he's the right guy for it. He's young, you know. He has he's a douchebag, obviously. You know, f- new finance minister. He's got all the right background. He's got that phony little British accent thingy going on because he's educated as an elite cocksucker. Sorry, I just have to say it. But what's really going on here is this is the ESM. And the ESM, I warned about this, and I told you, I told you Europeans that you can't just let your freaking politicians go and ra- they ratified this whole thing. What was this, a year ago as well that I said the ESM, this is the dangerous thing? So, because, uh, I don't so, think it was that long ago, but it was a while. Well, the ESM is the European Stability Mechanism. And this um, agreement, and I have a clip here from uh, Klaus Regling, who is the, uh, the, the, mm, the president or the managing director of the ESM, which is just another computer with, with you know, bank stuff on it. Um, the whole deal behind the ESM is there would uh, be no bank bailouts 
from this money. And Cyprus, as far back as October 2011, has been trying to get a bank bailout from the ESM, which they will never do. So you really put this upon yourselves because it was all fine and dandy. We could yell and bitch and moan about, you know, about the banks getting bailed out by the government and by the EU. But now because of the ESM, and this is the first time this has happened, um, they can't, they legally, with their own laws, cannot do it. So you've brought this upon yourself. This is what you wanted. Here's Klaus. As you know, Cyprus will be the first fully-fledged macroeconomic assistance program financed by the ESM. This program has a strong bank restructuring component and covers financing needs of the public sector. Okay, translation. Translation is, in order to get the ESM money, which is the only way you can still get money to save anything of, of an economy of Cyprus, the strong, quote, strong restructuring plan means screw everybody. Screw it. Just taking the money, whatever, however we have to do it. And the public sector part is the privatization part. The ESM financing will mainly go um, to the budget of Cyprus. So to the budget of Cyprus, which means it's not even actually going to they're not even going to receive any money. It just stays in Europe for their contributions. It goes to their budget. It doesn't go to them. And the disbursement will be, as usual, be on a quarterly basis following the normal reviews by the Troika. Yeah. <laughs> Heil! That's all I can say. Heil! Wow. Heil, Heil, Heil. Forget about... It just basically took over the place. Yes. I mean, I... Cyprus was not a country that was in economic turmoil. I mean, this whole thing is such a scam from beginning to end, including I put the Greeks into this, too. Uh -huh. You know, the most productive people in the EU in yeah. terms of the productivity <laughs> yeah. numbers mm -hmm. are, you know, essentially. And they had to do that to them. If Turkey was in the EU, by the way, this would be going on with them, too, oh, in yeah. some way. Oh, Although yeah. they, they're a little more adamant. They have, they have a military. Well, they, and they, they also they have the uh, they are the crossroads for all pipelines. So they, they've got a little more leverage. They got leverage. But these guys are just essentially being, uh, I, and I think that students have got, got this right. They're uh, they're protesting, but they're not probably protesting with enough vigor. No, this is a takeover, and that's all it is to it. And the EU is just uh, essentially, it's like it's like a company that uh, I talked to the CEO of Barnes and Noble once about this, and he says he, he hates the business uh, in over the last few years because publishers would be buying out each other. And and so you uh, one company would buy another and then jack up the prices of the books to pay for the buyout. Right. And so the book prices have gone through the roof because of this, of this system. Essentially, they're making, by stealing the money from the banks, they're making the Cyprus, the Cyprus folks, pay for their own takeover. Yes. By Europe. It's <laughs> yes. like it's humiliating. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's going to cost us too much money to take over the place. Ah, no, well, we'll just steal their money that's in the bank. <laughs> yeah, but they don't. But they don't even care about that. They don't really don't care. And and you know, uh, and now it looks like Spain is going to be much worse than expected. What do you think, Spain next? Spanish banks because they're no longer because it could be Spain or Portugal. Those are the two targets. And I think they're just I I would guess Portugal would be next because I think it's just a little smaller although they're tough cookies. Uh maybe harder to do Portugal because they're a little more they may fight about it. The Spanish seem to be uh 
the Spanish got suckered because they gave them all this money. They spent it on roads that nobody goes to. And it, it, there's one airport. Well, apparently Portugal did the same thing. Portugal did that, too. Not to an extreme. No. Not, there's a smaller country, so they can't do it to the extent that Spain did. Right. And, and Portugal didn't build a whole airport, you know, <laughs> middle of nowhere, yeah. just to spend the money. And right. if you go drive through Madrid, there's some beautiful skyscrapers that were put up. One of them by the there's, – there's one in particular. There's one of the main drags. There's these two huge buildings that look like they're falling in on each other on either side of the street. Right. Yeah. They're leaning – and it's a bank building that the bankers took all this money and they built this huge monument to themselves. It's, it's an interesting situation. I, I think Portugal first, if only just for the uh, pedophilia, because that's like pedophile central there, and I think they probably want to like just uh, do something with that. It's the same guys. I don't know, maybe. I mean, uh, I, I do. I do. I don't think that's going to be their rationale. Okay. I think it's going to be which one's easier. We'll get to the other one when we get to it. Maybe. But I, eventually it's going to be a total takeover of all of Europe. And it'll take 10, 15 years. Yeah, Italy will be after that. Oh, that'll be fun. That will be fun. So wrapped up in this, it cannot be ignored, is uh, the obvious two to the head there for Berezovsky in, uh, in Surrey. And it was so funny, you know, so so this is the Russian uh, guy who was anti-Putin. Funny how that works. Everyone who's pro-Putin, their money gets flown out of Cyprus on jets. You, you can Google this, by the way. You can find, you can see this. Brand new jets. Uh, anyone who's anti-Putin, your money is still in there. You can't take it out. And, uh, and maybe you get killed. Or... Listen to the report. Heard, although this was a very brief uh, hearing, it was, you said it was opened and then adjourned uh, within minutes, we did hear some absolutely crucial evidence uh, from a police detective um, who spoke in court and said that uh, Mr. Berezovsky's body had been found uh, by an ambulance crew lying on the floor of the bathroom uh, last Saturday afternoon. And the key thing he said was that uh, the ambulance crew had found him with what he described as a ligature around his neck, which is a kind of medical term. It's ligatures used in surgery for tying up wounds and things. It essentially means some kind of cord um, around his neck. And he said that a similar, a piece of similar material had been found uh, on the shower rail above him. So it obviously uh, appears very clear now that he did uh, or he was hanged. <laughs> he Wait a minute. Said, he, just, he just said it. Let's look at the uh, let's look at the logic of this. Now, in England, in particular, but the, for one thing, the ceilings are low. So I don't. Know yes. They yeah. They are. Ceiling, yeah. let alone a, a, a one of these shuts things that hold a shower curtain, which have no strength. I mean, I like to see trying to do a pull up on one. You can't do it. It just come right down. And and meanwhile, where's the rest of the rope? I mean, what they just found ligature marks. Ligature, and ligature. Found. It's just ligature. So he was hanging there, and then it then it untied itself and fell to the ground. Is this, any of this? Is there any logic to any of this explanation? No. And then there some logic to some couple of goons coming in there and not wanting to make a mess, and so they got him from behind, choked him to death with this ligature with a kicked rope. him in the ribs. I think he has a broken rib. Oh yeah, he has to. Do that too probably kicked him elsewhere whether they wouldn't mention it but just to make his life miserable as he's dying yeah and then and then lecturing him as he was going under uh, about you know whose side is he on and it's too bad and blah 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 and the guy drops 
and they just drop them. They're dead, and then they leave the rope or whatever and lay in there. And then they're, 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 now that somehow becomes a hanging on a on a shower curtain rod. <laughs> I like I like I like how the uh, how the reporter actually says he was hanged. Hanged. Yeah, he was hanged. Not like he hung himself or he hanged himself. He was hanged. Above him. So it obviously uh, appears very clear now that he did, uh, or he was hanged. He even corrects himself. He did, or he was hanged. Yeah. There's a uh, there is a theory out there that uh, says that this is not him and that he escaped and that he is in hiding, uh, a la Robert Maxwell. But I don't. I think he's probably dead. I think he's dead too. The yeah. Russians aren't that. Uh, no, they're they're yeah. they're efficient. They're not gonna no. let that happen. No, no. unless you know, you, I don't know. There's no way. <laughs> uh, it's a wonderful world, everybody. That's for sure. Just gotta love it. So I got one clip here that's interesting, uh, which could use a rim shot. By the way, <sighs> the creepy Panetta will be back. Uh, clip. I don't know if you're aware of this particular. Uh, Development. He's barely had a chance to get back to work at his institute, but could there be yet another return to Washington? 2016. Clinton Panetta ticket. As far as I'm concerned, that's what public service is all about. It's about committing yourself to giving your children a better life. And if I can do that uh, in whatever capacity, I, I will continue to do that. Ha! The Humpty Dumpty ticket. Can you imagine that ticket? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, well, he, he would represent wow. Cheney. Oh. And uh, she would represent George Bush, I guess. I well, don't know. I, this is not something I want to see. You don't think it's possible that uh, you know Janet Napolitano uh, did a uh, did a, a breakfast thing, uh, and of course they asked her the question there as well. You know, it's like, hey, you going to run? Do you think it could be uh, Clinton Napolitano? There's no way they're going to run two women. It's no. not well, possible. Uh, but if there if there were two women. So here's Napolitano <laughs> rim shot. No, that's what that would you. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. It's like who said there were two women? So, so Napolitano, um, she's doing this breakfast and uh, and she starts talking about the trusted traveler services. And I'm thinking, how is this making us any safer? Uh, and we continue to uh, work to emphasize our our mission with respect to border border security. Um, the third area that is a big change for us, and it's like turning a big, big ship, is to move in the travel and trade uh, space into a risk-based approach where we don't treat every threat equally, where we don't treat every passenger the same, uh, but based on what we know or don't know. This is very interesting. I, you know, this is an hour-long breakfast talk. And what's funny is she was actually eating during when people were asking questions. She was just scarfing down scrambled well, eggs. She has to maintain her weight. <laughs> uh, about travelers, uh, we can identify who we can expedite through the lines versus those that we don't know much about uh, that we need to uh, be uh, spending our time on. Now, now listen very carefully to what she's saying, and then I want to ask you about the logic. So you'll see uh, we have uh, expanded global entry. If you don't have your global entry card, you really ought to get it. It's uh, for those who have it. Uh, it's for those who travel internationally. And uh, if you arrive at JFK and you see people, you know, scooching through the lines, um, that's because they have their global entry card. Um, so. 
and then we have a domestic version called TSA PreCheck, uh, which has been growing very rapidly. Our hope is that by the end of this year, uh, one in four travelers will be in some sort of expedited traveler program. Expedited is code for biometric program. Uh, which allows us to, again, focus on those we don't know much about and hopefully will take some pressure off the, the wait lines uh, at the airports. We've done the same. Uh, okay. So a couple things. Yeah, well, I want to interrupt you for a second. You remember when the, uh, the sequester came out? I haven't heard anything about the wait lines going up, but, but Obama threatened that there was going to be hour-long, two-hour-long waits to get to your airplane. <laughs> yes. That's bull crap. Yes. Well, no one calls him on that, please. Anyway, go on. With right. I don't understand how this makes us safer because you've, you've been pre-approved. First of all, you're coming into the country. You know, are you carrying a bomb you're going to blow up You know, the minute you're in the country? I'm here! Oh, Akbar! I mean, is that is that the point? That makes no sense whatsoever. And the whole global entry thing is creepy. Because, yeah. you know, besides it being based on biometrics, which is the only reason I will not do it, um, you know, it's going to be global. It will be your... It's going to replace your passport. It will be your global... You can write that in the red book. But then you have this pre-check thing. So it's, it's, it's really, she's talking about two different things. One is biometrics for traveling around the world, which has nothing, you're, you're getting off the plane. You've exited the aircraft. How does this make my flight more secure? And, and, the, and the reporters from every single um, outlet were there. No one says, excuse me, what does that do for safety? But then we have. Well, the- here's another thing. Uh, if you remember, we had this on uh, probably a year ago. We were discussing this in a different context, which was there were people and there were some of our listeners talking about getting stopped on the way into the country from as an American citizen being stopped, mm-hmm. not for the passport check and not for the customs check, but just being stopped and questioned as you were entering the country as an American citizen. Remember that? Yeah. And it was going on, and people were being taken aside, and there was a whole rigmarole about this. I think that was just a precursor to there. there's something else going on here because there's no reason to stop American citizen at the point of entry trying to get back into his own country, his or her own country. There's no reason for this. It makes zero sense. So, so I think you're you're absolutely correct. This global entry thing is bogative. I mean, what's the point? You're coming back into your own country. You shouldn't even have any except for just to stamp your passport and make sure you're not bringing in, you know, fruits and vegetables or whatever. They don't right. want you bringing in meat. Right. Uh, there shouldn't be any hang up. No more meat. No, no, absolutely true. Uh, and it has zero to do with security. And then we have the pre-check. So apparently if we know about you, i.e. we have your, uh, and there was another piece there, it's like if you have your global entry, then you're automatically qualified for pre-check. Then we know about you, so therefore you're not a risk. That makes no sense. I mean, if you're going to have a, a butt bomb or a boob bomb, it's like, oh, we don't have to scan him because we know about him because we trust him. It's In fact, it's called the you know Trusted Traveler Program. It makes no sense. Zero. Well, what really makes no sense is this thing coming into the country. This is after you've already landed. Yeah. Well, that's part of their security. People yeah, are so is- they're so brainwashed, man. They're so brainwashed on this stuff. It's it's just 
and that's your press corps. It's like, oh, okay, no, whatever. Uh, meanwhile, the uh, well, pro- you know, I I, I want to defend them a little bit on this because you know for a fact that if one of them simply asked the question that we're asking, which is, why, what sense does it make to stop somebody after the planes landed coming into the country and grill them? They would never be invited back to any of these things. Funny you bring that up. This is uh, Dana Milbank uh, from a couple weeks ago. I've been saving this, talking about the media's com- how the media is compromised for access to the government, in particular the White House. Mm-hmm. Is there an expectation in this Democratic White House that if you are granted access, um, they expect you to kind of play ball? Well, that that part of it is true in any White House. There's always this sort of implied uh, quid pro quo that you you trade uh, uh, access for good coverage. That doesn't always work out that way, but that's what that's what they try to do. I don't think that the idea of them getting in faces is uh, particularly new uh, or unusual. Even I mean, if it's right in your face. I, I actually yeah. once had to clean Ari Fleischer's spittle from my face. <laughs> uh, this was the uh, the Bush uh, White House press secretary. Thank I have that image. I th- yes, I haven't had to do that here. I think what is different is it's it's much it's more coarse. It's more more vulgar. Maybe this is how uh, how everybody is these days. But the number of f bombs being dropped by this White House scholars are going to look in the National Archives in twenty or thirty years, and they're going to be shocked by the language that was coming out of. Well, I'm shocked that such words would be used in this kind of discourse hey is that recorded how how will he can we get a hold of that with all the cussing yeah how does he said the national archives and scholars will be i want to hear it now i don't know what the deal is i we've listened to a lot of these press conferences i had no idea that this particular white house is more profane apparently than the bush apparently which i thought was very profane i mean we know for a fact that nixon was one of the worst, you know, in this regard because of the Nixon tapes and they were in the office and all right. he did was cuss. I mean, there, it doesn't seem to be, I, I mean, it baffles me because there's no reason for it. It, it you mean, it doesn't, it's not effective if you're just saying, you know, some profanity constantly. It's just like, you sound like a, like a moron. But <laughs> I guess this White House has got a problem. Well, you know, you remember when Valerie Jarrett said, it'll be payback time? Uh, after the election, so before the election, she said, oh, when we get reelected, it'll be payback time. Look at what's happening, man. Do you see Michelle Bachman, the trouble she's in? No, what's the latest? Oh, no, she's uh, f- f- uh, accused of uh, campaign fund, misuse of campaign oh, funds. Well, yeah, you know, this is unlikely. It's the her. old one. Yeah, enough, of course. It's the old, it's the old one. Um, yeah, you can pull that stunt. I'm surprised they aren't starting to plant kitty porn on yeah, people yeah. and all the rest of it. That's a classic. Yeah, I don't think that works as well anymore because, I don't know, it just doesn't, I don't think it works no, as well. I think it's very doable. I mean, you can do it. Oh, it's doable, but, you know, who's going to buy that from Michelle Bachman? You got you to gotta nail her yeah, on right. something it, else. Yeah, you, you got something that's logical. She looks like, that's why she's such a goody two-shoes. That she's stealing money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. <laughs> Uh, so Syria. Speaking, of, we'll just and I'll I'll wrap up my White House. This is the I'm on the White House beat here. Um, a spokeshole Carney was asked uh, specifically about you know what are we doing, and I love it when he reads from his paper. You know, and he's doing that a lot most of the time when he has to because he, he the, the 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 our country is run by lawyers essentially, and he has to use the specific words and they're very good at it. Um, because it's, it's very hard to catch any of these lawyers um, 
later and say, oh, but you said this, and then you go back and you read the transcript and you listen to what they actually said, and it's like, oh, man, you know, it was really smart the way they said that because there's always a hedge, you know. Yeah, in fact, if I want to harken back to the uh, the era when Nixon was being impeached. Now, we have to remember there's only three, you know, Nixon and then Clinton was impeached. But there was a uh, John, uh, the, the one of the White House lawyers, John, what's his name? And he's a, uh, he's now doing talk shows and stuff. And Bolton? you see him once in a while. No, no, this is back when. This oh. is, uh, it was the, uh, oh, what's his name? Well, anyway, I remember his testimony and he would always do the following because he was being grilled. He would, and by the way, this is a tip for everybody out there who has to uh, do some. And I, when I was working for the air pollution district, I learned a few of these tricks too. Somebody asks you a, a direct question that you could maybe perjure yourself on. You say, I'm not sure I understand the question, but as a preface. <laughs> and then you say, but. I'm, well, you don't even have to say but, but if, once you say, I'm not sure I understand the question, you can always refer back to this. Oh, I said that because I, I obviously didn't understand the question, as you can see here in the, in the record. I'm going to use that on Mickey. I'm not sure. I, what's he going to do? You said that you... I'm not sure I understand the question, darling, but I think you want me to take out the trash. <laughs> Let me just check. Yeah. Uh, here's anyway. Spokeshole Carney on Syria. Well, let me say that we have always been clear that our non-lethal assistance to the Syrian opposition includes equipment and training to build the capacity of civilian activists and to link Syrian citizens with the Syrian opposition coalition. What does that mean, do you think? <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. Well, no, wait. Here come, Well, there's actually a good question coming up. And local coordinating councils. Uh, you know, so I can, I can say that much. So what does that mean in English, though, I guess? <laughs> That's pretty good English. Well, I mean, no offense. There are no dangling participles. Are we training the Syrians directly, or are we training them through Jordanian? Well, I just, uh, it, uh, That's the real question. Are we, train, are we training these mofos, besides giving them weapons, which are smuggling in through Turkey with the CIA, are we training them? And here he's going to read from his paper. I'll tell you that, again... Again... Our non-lethal assistance to the Syrian opposition includes equipment and training to build the capacity of civilian activists. You know, on some of these other issues, I don't, I, I don't have anything for you. But uh, it is clear that we are <laughs> providing the kinds of non-lethal assistance to the Syrian opposition that we've discussed. Oh, this non-lethal assistance business has to stop. Yeah, it's and and I and I like and I like, I like the uh, I don't have anything for you on that. Did you take that cookie? I don't have anything for you on that, Mom. I really don't. <laughs> I haven't got any answer for that. Uh, in the UK, uh, I got this one from uh, Mr. Oil sent me this. Um, the UK Terror Contest, which is kind of weird. I'm not quite sure why they call it that. Um, it's called Contest. <laughs> the United Kingdom's Strategy for Countering Terrorism, their annual report. I don't know why it's called Contest. Unless it's like some contest to be a better terrorist than the next guy. Uh, and he pointed out to me a specific passage in this, uh, 1.9. The uprising in Syria, beginning in early 2011, has involved many organizations with different political views and tactics. Some are connected with and supported by al-Qaeda in Iraq. These terrorist groups conducted over 600 attacks in 2012 and like others associated with Al-Qaeda, continue to attract recruits from this country and elsewhere in Europe. 
There are now hundreds of foreign fighters from Europe in Syria. This is in the news in the Netherlands as well, by the way. A lot of Dutch people are going over there and fighting. As it says, as and when UK residents return here, there is a risk that they may carry out attacks using the skills they have developed overseas. What the f is this Where all about? Where do you get to that logic? I don't know. I, maybe I think it's just hedging their bets. In other words, if we need uh, to, there may be some setup going on. I think it's, there's a backstory here we don't know. I think the backstory is if we need to set up some terror attacks, then this is where we can always point to and say we told you so. It doesn't make any other sense. By the way, I, I, the new the new premier of uh, Syria, you know, who's the 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 who's now the head of the Syrian coalition of friends for Syria. The past thirty years, you know where he's been living. I don't know, Britain or Holland? Texas. Oh, right down the street from you. <laughs> I'm telling you. His kids were born and raised here, and this is the guy who's now running the Syrian government. Hmm. And that makes nothing hmm. but sense. Hmm. 30 years in Texas. <laughs> well, at least he'll be pro-gun. Uh, oh, there's a good point. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. We do have some people to thank that um, uh, outside of the executive producer realm and is helping us celebrate our uh, upcoming uh, 500th show on Sunday, Easter Sunday. Uh, Anonymous from Grand Junction, Colorado begins everything at the 12345. He says he's been in a boner for a long time and he's one of those 20-something guys. Uh, who wants to uh, find some place to contribute his full-time value. Oh. Unfortunately, he's broke. But he gave us one, two, three, four, five. Brian Brown in Orange, California, $100. Uh, uh, Sir El Cid Campiador, who apparently we used the wrong name for him the last time, and so he's back with uh, $100. Um, and Nicholas Hansen in Harvard, Massachusetts, uh, $100. $99, $99, $99. Well, he we don't even say that before you go off in that. I do want to mention he does want to call out. Uh, Nicholas wants to call out his brother, uh, Chapin. He, he wants to come out as a douchebag. I guess. Oh, I'm sorry. Huh? I, I did jump the gun. I didn't. I didn't know you had a huh. Kurt Kubal in Mound, Minnesota. Yeah. Also, Dennis Cruz, Sir Dennis, uh, uh, to you, the Den Man. Beaver, De Beaverton, Oregon, the Den Man, mm-hmm. uh, 99.09, which I don't know if you get that to give him credit for that. Justin Fraley in Kate Gardner, Kansas, 77.77. Peter Tagney in Randolph, Massachusetts, nuts. 69.69. 69.69. It's almost dead. Yes, we have one 69.69. Uh, two. 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 We got two. And the other one is Brian Burnhouse in Peach Bottom, Pennsylvania. Uh, and that, oops, I'm sorry, it's supposed to be anonymous. <laughs> sorry, Brian. I mean, anonymous. <laughs> okay, get out of it. Dump out quick. Just dump. Just dump. Uh, I do want to say that uh, uh, Pete uh, says that he, uh, we're a sole news source for government news. And uh, he's been womanless for a while and could use some swazzle enough karma. And I think he deserves some. I totally agree. Here it comes, my friend. It's coming. You've got karma. 
Or maybe uh, girls send me a picture and then I'll uh, pre-screen them for you, for Pete. Michael Poluski, Poluski in Madison, Wisconsin, 60, uh, which is, uh, he puts it down as $5 a month times 12 months for listening to the show. Brian Vaughn in San Carlos, California, uh, job karma he would like, and I, we should give him some. Oh. Vaughn, I'm karma. Sorry. sorry, I was reading ahead. You Kyle, thought Kyle Kinzel in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Uh, Brian Kuh. Gilbo. Gilbo. Gilbo in Oak Park, Michigan. Double nickels on the dime. Rob Warren Sunderland Tyne in some place or other. In UK, I think, right? Uh, Sunderland, yes, UK. Uh, he was well, he was listening to show 498. He crashed his car when he was given an accident number by the attending officer. It was 333. <laughs> so he decided to donate. Three, that's the magic number. It's the magic number. Eric Hochul in Berlin, 52. Mark Fogwell in Strongsville, Ohio, uh, 50. Link.me in Winterville, Georgia, 50. Um, and uh, finally, unless I missed one when I paged down here, let me see. Uh, where are we? Oh, there it is. Okay, Jordi Molina Casas in Bar- Barcelona, uh, 50. He says he wanted to donate since evil Alex douched him a while back in December. But he's been a lazy moron so far. <laughs> he like a de-douche. You've been de-douched. Barcelona. I could go for a visit to Barcelona. Sir Peter Totes, 50 Srinivas in San Jose, 50. And finally, Shad Rich in Seattle, 50. And those are our... Uh, uh, Contributors to show four nine eight. We're on or nine nine, and we're on our way to uh, uh, Easter Sunday of show five hundred. And you have to say, very few people can sustain a podcast at this level for five hundred shows. <laughs> uh, I don't know of any other show that's as good as this show. And I, and I'm not saying that because I'm on the show. I'm saying it from a, from a perspective of reality. <laughs> You're on the show as a guest, actually. <laughs> Actually, we're both guests. We're both guests. On the show on the produced sh- by the listeners. <laughs> there, thank you. That is the difference, and that is part of the secret. And, of course, uh, we thank everyone who donated under $50. Most of them uh, come in at 4 9 or 9 or 9 for uh, anonymity reasons, which is why we have the $50 level. Of course, a, um, a total um, nod of gratitude, thank you, to all of our monthly donors um, if everybody who listens to this program was a monthly donor, then um, it would be, you know, we'd never have to go through these swings. And I know what's going to happen. We're going to get a lot of great donations already today. Fantastic. And it's going to be great on Sunday. And then we're going to drop like a rock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and I get it. I get it. I get it. Uh, but we we uh, we really would try and would like to sustain this. We're in year six. 500 episodes, uh, and what are we are we doing? Uh, I got a note from somebody that said, I can't wait for show 500. I'm sure it'll be a cracker. And I'm like, crap, we don't have anything planned. What are we going to do? Are we doing something special for 500? Yeah, we're going to analyze the news, deconstruct the, the things going on, and probably play a few old clips, a few old memorable clips, oh. which I'll dig up out of the archives. Oh, okay. With rim shots, are you going to produce? Oh, I can put a rim <laughs> shot on every one of them. 
I could put a rim shot on every clip we do. You should be thankful I don't. We had a, a PayPal meltdown a couple episodes ago, so there's a couple people who we don't necessarily have a record of their donation, but we, of course, give our producers the benefit of the doubt. Uh, Michael Landon, Joel Lenoir, and David Foley. Uh, I think, did David come in again today? Uh, I'm not sure. Thank you very much for your uh, for your support of the program. We're, you know, we just I'm really sorry we just don't have a record of it, but uh, they will of course count uh, for your knighthoods. And as always, you know, our uh, uh, executive producers, our associate executive producers, they all get credit in the show notes, and those are uh, actual credits. And um, yeah, this one. Dvorak. That's what I want. Dot org slash n a. We do have some birthdays to celebrate. It's your birthday, birthday. <laughs> Uh, celebrating friends, office beer guy, and senior wise guy. I guess he's turning 30 on the 30th. So, Kurt, happy birthday. Ryan uh, Gilbo congratulates himself. He turns 37 on the 30th. And Mark Fargwell is saying happy birthday to himself. He'll be celebrating tomorrow. Happy birthday from your pals here at the best podcast in the universe. It's your birthday, yeah. We have uh, a number of nightings. We have our Insta night, so we need to... Uh, ow! Ow! That hurt. Frick myself with that thing. Sorry. There we go. Keenard uh, Boers, Paxton Sanders, John White, Hank in Queens, and Monica Lansing. Please all step forward. All of you have contributed to the best podcast in the universe, the amount of $1,000 or more, and therefore we welcome you into the elite group of... Knights and dames are hereby pronounced the Sir Gerard Boers, Sir Paxton, Sir John White, that would be Sir Dr. Sharkey, Sir Hank in Queens, and Dame Monica Lansing, all knights and one dame of the No Agenda Roundtable. If you'd like me to just go through your uh, benefits, uh, specifically Hooker's Blow, Rent Boys, Chardonnay, uh, Hot Pants Booze, Wenches Beer, Ruben S. Women and Rosé, Geishas and Sake, Vodka and Vanilla, Bong Hits and Bourbon, Sparkling Cider and Escorts, Mutton and Mead, and uh, well, we don't have anyone young enough for the breast milk and pablum, but uh, that is always uh, standing by should you uh, desire that. Welcome to the No Agenda Roundtable. Your pins uh, will be in the making. And we also congratulate Dame Francine moving up a level today to Baroness Von Stealth Mode. And Sir Dean Bertram becomes the Baron of the Gold Coast of Ghana. And these are true protectorates. I'm not quite sure what uh, Baroness Francine's going to do with stealth mode. Uh, well, that means she's probably waiting to pick a barony that pick a she barony, would want right, right. Uh, at her leisure. Besides yeah. Phoenix. I would take the areas overall the, the Spring League baseball teams play, <laughs> which is just outside of town. And I would take those because then you own the baseball, the spring leagues. That's pretty cool. Now, is that how it works? Okay. Yeah, they all play down there. The Giants, the A's are all down in Arizona. And as John pointed out rightly, thank you uh, specifically uh, to our knights, our dames, our barons and baronesses um, for uh, for really always being there when things are a little bit rougher during those crazy weeks when it's just tough. It's uh, It's highly, highly appreciated. And it, it enables us to continue, you know, right after the show was done. I've recorded uh, President Obama's whole gun thing. I'm going to go dis- dissect that. You know, I'm going to go back to some more uh, C-SPAN. Uh, and continuing to talk to the contacts, all, uh, you know, chips at sea everywhere. 
about what's really going on in Euroland and trying to bring you some real news. And we try to give you some real news, especially when you compare it to like what maybe 60 Minutes does. Oh, tell me about it. And, well, 60 Minutes has, you know, Anderson Cooper, who seems to be making more money on TV than God. Wait a minute. Anderson Cooper's on 60 Minutes? Oh, yes. Now, he's one of the correspondents. And he does these really fascinating reports. And I think this is a good one. There's a two-parter here. He he decides that they found some some people in somewhere in in the – where there's a lot of nasty crocodiles have decided to (laughs) – that during this the winter time, the crocs you can actually dive with them, even though everyone thought this was lunacy. And Cooper, as a part of his great investigative reporting, decides to jump in the water. And this, I I know you're going to like this clip <laughs> and the next one because it's one of those clips you can mock because you can do what he's going to do. Play Anderson Cooper and the crocs. He's underwater. It's amazing. There's a beauty to it, but it's also incredibly intimidating. You really have the sense, when you're so close to it, of just how strong it is. And it looks right at you. And you know, and it knows, that it can attack you at any moment. And there's nothing you can do about it. The crocodile disappears into the darkness. We push further into the cave. It gets narrower and more claustrophobic as we move deeper into the gloom. Then, lurking on a nearby ledge, there's another crocodile. This crocodile's about nine feet long. Its tail, though, makes up about half its length. Crocs have the amazing ability to actually slow their heart rate down. They can close off one of the valves in their hearts, which stops the flow of blood to some of its organs. It allows them to stay underwater for hours at a time. Yeah, I think we can probably do it. Let me get in the water here. Oh, wait, I need a longer... I don't have the sound effect. It's really quite amazing how the blood flow goes to these cocks in the water. It's really fantastic. It's a little daunting, though. Okay. I love cocks in the water. How'd I do? Hey, hey, yeah. it's Crocs in the water, not cocks in the water. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I made a mistake. I'm telling you, I th- uh. you, you better go see a, a, a counselor. <laughs> so play number two, and we get this thing over with. This guy, this is the most idiotic thing I've ever seen. 60 Minutes is deteriorated into either promoting stuff or these dumb reports. Who cares about watching this guy swim with a croc? Sediment, we can't see where we're going. We're trying to pursue the crocodile right now. It's, I can't tell how large it is. Its tail is so powerful. I'm almost right on top of it. I can reach out right now and just touch the tail. But I'm worried if I do that, it'll somehow turn around. It just doesn't seem like a good idea. But i got to say, it's so tempting. The croc is moving so fast, we can't keep up for long. It's time to surface and find the boat. I gotta say, hold on, wait. How come we don't have? I need, I need like the bubble all the time. Let's see. Let me see if I can. Oh, here it is. Right, here we go. This will be. I gotta say, touching your tail is so tempting. But I, I really, I'm almost on top of it now. Yes, I'm Anderson Cooper. I'm assignment. Touching the cock underwater. I want a gig like that. What a gig. This guy's making millions. I mean, holy macro. Anyway, I, I feel really bad, by the way, for ourselves because uh, I think we missed something. 
And it's, it's one of the obvious things we missed that, uh, in other words, we didn't miss the story. We missed the analysis. Oh, boy. I think it was like a couple of shows. For a couple of shows, that we've been bringing up these North Korean stories. They're going to bomb us. They're going to get the missile defense. Da, 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 da. It, the movie, Olympus Down, was about a North Korean terrorist. Yeah, and yeah. all the elements of the North Korean bullcrap stories is in the movie. And we're always linking to movies. And we missed this one. Um, I had a clip. And Do you have a clip for this? No, I just was reading the reviews. I was looking at Rotten Tomatoes for some reason. And then I saw this Olympus Down. It said North Korean terrorists. And, ah, North Korea. That's why they're in the news so much. No, I ha- this so, is a crappy movie. So I had a clip. Uh, now, this is really pissing me off. Maybe maybe I had it on the last show. Let me see if I had this. Because we, we had looked at this. Oh, man. This is just like, this is really bugging me. Because the... It was like of Matt Lauer. It, it would have been clip of the day if I could frickin' find it. I, you know, this is just... You're right. I'm disappointed that... Uh, we are disappointing. We're just lame. It was Matt Lauer, and he, had the, he had the director, who was also an actor, and... Oh, my God. This is really... This is painful now. And, and, and he said, you know, it's amazing. How did you do it? How did you get the North Koreans to, to ratchet up everything right now just in time for the movie? Oh, he's actually, he oh, actually yeah, wow. by accident deconstructed it. He, of course, not not realizing the two are connected. But I'm, I, I guess somehow I didn't clip that. I don't know what happened. And yeah, maybe he didn't clip it. Ah, I hate myself. I want to go into uh, one little discussion about this since we kind of hinted about it early in the show, which is the cutting in line phenomenon. And I want yeah. to ask anybody out there who has examples of this, and the assertion is, and I think it's a big one, is that the younger generation from about 30 years old and younger, have become so docile that they allow for all kinds of, of, of abuses, including cutting in line, unless there's somebody older who won't put up with it. Like my, my wife, for example, will call somebody out in a huge public place. And my daughter, by the way, every time my wife does it, she gets, she cringes. And she, 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 pull, and she does it with me, too. If I start doing anything in public that... You know, it will embarrass people. <laughs> yeah, it, it embarrasses yeah, yeah. her. Yes, <laughs> doesn't embarrass me. But I, but I do have the, a couple. Of, the Larry David actually had a whole episode on this, and he calls it. And I have the clip. The, sec, the second clip I sent you, which is in the separate email. Did you get that? Uh, what's the title? It's the, the, there's two of them. One of them is in the yes. chat and cut yes. one. Uh, well, there's no one. I just have no ch- one came. I sent it right after I sent the pile of. I have two. I, I have two, but it's not called Chat and Cut One. No, Chat and Cut One is in the second email I sent you. I have both the clips, but it's not called Cut Chat and Cut One. It's called Chat and Cut. Yes. So I'm asking if there's a Chat and Cut One, or if it's just no, chat no, and that cut. would be it. Is that one? <sighs> that is one. Going to play it? Yeah. Hey. Hi. Krista. Oh, uh, I... Yeah. Ferguson. Hey. I mean, it was Smith, probably. Oh, okay. Probably Let's see what's going on over here. No. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I didn't recognize She's doing a chat and cut. Oh. <laughs> chat and cut? Really? Yes, she's so feigning familiarity with someone uh, she vaguely yeah. knows Bill. for the sole purpose sure. of cutting in line. Pause. She'll be picking up a plate any second. You look, Watch. You're, like, beaming. Yeah. Light. <laughs> there, there she goes. Yeah. Uh, excuse yeah. me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Hi. First of all, congratulations on a great attempt at a chat and cut. Really good. 99 times out of 100, that's going to work. Unfortunately, 
I happen to be on the line. So. Okay, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I just saw my friend. Yeah, I know a chat and cut when I see it. Okay. All right. Use this fellow, this poor innocent fellow, to sneak into the line. Do you even, do you know her at all? Well, I mean, I mean, to be fair, we met like eight years ago. I... He remembers. No, so... I, 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 honestly yeah. don't, I honestly don't. You think she's doing a chat and cut? I kind of feel like you are. Yeah. I, mean, I feel uh, a, a little see, manipulated he, he, here. Yeah, so. he's been, oh, fine. Okay. He's been manipulated. Okay. You manipulated him. That's what You it want is. me to get back in line? Would that, would that make you feel better? Yes, it would. Fine. Yes. Okay? Yeah. Fine. Uh-huh. You are unbelievable. You know that? Really? Yeah. Yeah, because you know what? You just have to... That, that's your job here is to bus yeah. people as they come through uh -huh. so that you can... And look, you just did it again. What? No, I'm... I'm no. I'm not even going to say anything this time. I respect your skills. Really. Excellent. So that... <laughs> yeah. So I realize that I do this myself. Chat and uh, cut? I'm a chat and cut expert. And I admit to it. I'll admit to it. But now I realize with this with this sociological thing going on, I may not really be think, getting away with much because I think now you just walk in line because this happened. This the last time I did a chat and cut was in Las Vegas. There was a line. I swear to God, a mile long. Yeah. And it uh -huh. was to go into a press event. And so I and I've done this before. I realized that after. Knowing that this now named a chat and cut, I will I will go to the beginning of the line and start walking towards so I find someone I know and I know enough people. And <laughs> oh, okay, okay, you're an a hole is what you're saying. And then I I do a chat and cut. I say, hey Gina, thanks for holding my place. I do it. I, this is the real slick way to do it, as if she was holding my place. And most people will will play along and they put me right in front of them and no one says anything. And that's a that's a chat and cut. There's other ways of doing it. I mean, the way she this woman was doing it in the skit was uh, doing it with somebody she doesn't know. Luckily, I know enough people that I can always pull one of these chat and cuts. But yeah, but now I'm thinking, shit, I could just jump right in the line, and no one's going to say anything to me. So, uh, so the, we've been kind of you've been, well, you've been tracking this phenomenon. And uh, it started with uh, Buzzkill Jr. And he says, okay, well, this is something new. And uh, the millennials don't know what to do anything. They're paralyzed. And they're like, oh, they can't, like, say, excuse me, buddy, you're cutting in line. Who is doing the line cutting? Is it basically dudes like you? Is that what's happening here? I think it's, it's people who are inveterate line cutters. There's a lot of China. If you go to China they, or if you work in or you go to, like, the, the, one of the Chinese stores, like the giant 99 ranch, people will, will try to cut in line. The Chinese themselves deal with this by creating all kinds of, you know, like a, a cattle thing where you can't really cut in line because there's a rope. So you can't really get to the front, even though I've seen people do that. They, right. they come busting. You've been under one of those roped lines and guy, excuse me, excuse me. And they get, he's like, where are, you, where are you going? You know, my <laughs> wife's up there. You ever have to get run into this? Oh, yeah. And he goes up and he cuts in line. Or he, my wife, my wife was up here. I mean, these guys do this. There's a, I think a I think there's a huge contingent of people. I only do it, by the way, when I have to. Uh, there's a huge contingent of people that cut in line, and now I think is the opportune moment to really develop your skills to cut in line. I mean, yes, it's a bad thing, but at the same, by the same token, if you can get away with it, no one's going to say anything. They're just going to grouse to themselves, which is apparently what they do. Uh, I have, I think, I have cut in line once where I got called out by an older guy. <laughs> yeah. I cut. I'll, I'll give the story. Yeah. So I'm in. I cut. I basically cut in line in an airport. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. It, it, getting on the plane because I, I, I got baggage. I got. And to let me just say something. Person. Let me just say something. 
Cutting in line to get on the plane? Really? I mean, what kind of douche are you? I mean, the plane is not going to leave any earlier. You're not going to get there any faster. I carry on a lot of stuff that needs to go in the overheads. Oh, yeah. And not only are you the guy who cuts in line to get on the plane, you're the guy that you're like, oh, let me stash this here. I'll stash this here. You're walking down the aisle. You're throwing stuff up there and uh, taking up other people's spots of overhead space. Yeah. Oh, I dislike you. Well, I'm not. I, at least I have bags that fit upstairs. I'm not the guy who brings in the big giant thing yeah, well, and I'm he's not... stuffing and stuffing and stuffing. They can't close the lid. They <laughs> stuffing and they're punching it. You know that guy. I'm not. That's I'm guy. not. I'm not that guy either. Just so you know. Well, that's good. Okay. Anyway, no, I'd like to get my over. I I don't do the cutting in line in the airport much. I think I've done it a couple of times. Mm. It's not like the chat and cut. You got this has got you got to be really aggressive to do this. So a guy called me out on it. And then what? And what, but how did he like? Hey, buddy. It was no, no. It was after the fact, which would be. Oh, and he came blood. up to, and he came up to you and said, "Hey, did you know that you're a dick? Did he do one of those?" <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and how did you feel? I said, "Well, I'm sorry." Uh-huh. I, I didn't and, care. And then you put your medical mask on. Ah, because I think that's that's the way to do it. <laughs> you need to have your medical mask on when you're cutting in line. So anyway, so this is a plague. Yeah, and I don't... people need to call out somebody cutting in line. And, but we need a we need to help people with this, and because you know, it's um, people are the, they've been trained to just shut up, and if someone acts with authority, you know, to uh, to just oh okay, oh, I'm sorry. Well, the way I do it when somebody cuts in line mm-hmm. is. Uh, I will either tap them on the shoulder. It's like the Larry David thing a little bit, but I don't go on about how great they are. Tap them on the shoulder and say, the back of the line is there, and I point to the back of the line. I said, that this is not the line. The back of the line is back there, and they always just go back there. No hmm. one's ever gives you any guff about it, unlike this woman did on the clip. Right. They just do it. So I've never found this to be a problem calling people out if they're cutting in line, unless they're really good at it. Uh, and they've somehow cut in line. This happens on the freeway a lot. You're driving along, <laughs> and then one of the things I do, and I hate to, I don't want to make everyone think I'm a douche, but I'm just going to explain some driving techniques. My wife will not do this. And so if I know it's going to be a lot of traffic and I have to do this trick, I, I want to drive because she won't. She will just basically get in the back of the line of uh, on the freeway. So in other words, we have a split. We got the 580 going one way. We got the 80 going the other. And there's cars backed way up on the one on the 580. And there's nobody going on the 80, which, which is the road to San Francisco. I can so already you feel where this is going. As far as you can, <laughs> you've done this. Mm-hmm. You go up as far as you can. The men will do this more than women. I'm, I'm actually very. When I see a woman pull this, what I'm going to describe, I I, I admire her because I think people should drive like this. You go driving up the wrong the side that's not going where you want to go because your side is jammed up. And then it moves forward a little bit and then it moves forward. And sometimes there's an opening. And that's when you jump in. You jump into the line. So you've gotten you've – gotten, because otherwise you'll be there for an hour. So you drive and drive and drive and then you have to look for the opportunity. Yeah, well, the opportunity is when usually a truck and a car in front of the truck pulls oh, up. Yeah. And then that's you, a brain you, dead then, easy one. And then you zip right in. That's what, I'm always looking for the truck opportunity. Yeah, the truck – that's the easy one. The car-to-car one is a little more difficult, especially when you get close to the end, and then you cut in real fast, and you never signal, because in California, if you signal you're going to go into that lane, they will gun it. 
<laughs> that's that's the way it works. They'll do a zipper merge in California, which is very polite. Yeah, but generally speaking, merge. if you put the signal on, boom, it tightens up like it's just like a like a snake. Just you can't move in there at all. So, uh, yeah, it's one of the tricks. But that's essentially it's a it's a cutting in line thing. But well, I'm a little torn about this, John, because on one hand, I feel you know that we are indeed above the slaves, right? Um, I don't feel that way. I feel like a slave, and I'm just cutting in line. <laughs> you feel like a line-cutting slave. Uh, On the other hand, I, I, I'm pretty civil. You know, if here, here's you do, the, you do this cutting in line with the, with the cars. You just feel the protection of the car. You don't do a public cutting in line in a line. Um, it's the same thing. Mm, no, because in Texas we're not a holes. We just like you know we we got big cars and trucks. And we just like jam it in there, and uh, and everyone does it. It's not civil, you know. The civility is we don't yell at each other when someone does it. Like, hey, good one, buddy. Good, you got me. <laughs> That's what I would have done. That's we. Well, here's what bothers me: we don't me honk and throw fingers and flip <laughs> each other off because you get shot. That's we don't do that. Yeah, well, that's that's nice. Now I had you. There's there's these instances where uh, I'm trying to think of one example. Where the guy cuts it cuts you off, or no? The, here's my favorite, or the one I really dislike, and this is where you do honk. You got a a guy in front of you that is so slow on the draw that guys are cutting in front of him. So a guy cuts in front of him. You're in the, you're on a line to, to to the toll booths, for example. The guy cuts in front of the guy in front of you, and then the guy's still so slow. And go, another guy cuts in front of him, and then another guy cuts. These guys are cutting in front of this idiot in front of you, and so then it's when you honk the horn, move up. Anyway, you ever seen that? No, you know, I, I really, I haven't, I, I'm not even, I'm not cognizant or I just, you know, I'm not thinking that way. Yeah, you're not, a Cali I'm a California. You are, you yeah, you, you, People's Republic of California, I mean, you need a big earthquake just to clean up some no, of the people. No, they have earthquakes clean all the time. It's not going to change our driving habits. Uh, I mean, it's just, no, I, I, I kind of remember, just everyone's always angry and it's just, maybe I'm just not angry. I just don't see it. Maybe I get all my anger out on the show. Um, but there's, you know, the line. If I see a, a really long line, here, here's the difference. So let's say there's a press event, right? And so you're in Vegas. You see the press event. You're like, holy crap, that's a long line. You you do your chat and cut. You start the hey buddy, how you doing? So you're like ten people behind, whatever. You and it's a total a hole move. Here's what <laughs> I do. I see the long line in Vegas. I'm like. Screw that. Let's get some hookers. I'm not going to stand in this If line. I don't have a chat and cut opportunity, that's what I'll do. I'll just leave. I don't care. Yeah. I don't need to go into this event. Yeah. I'm just, I just, I'll just, I'm not going to, you know, I always say, you know, my, my grandparents didn't fight in the war for me to stand in line for anything. There you go. Right? Yeah. Bring in World War II. Hitler. I, <laughs> I made it. So I'm listening to the parliament uh, having their debates and this particular weird thing comes up. This is about the chancellor of the exchequer apparently getting a Twitter account, and they waste the public's time with the following discussion. I'm sorry, my my computer froze. I can't get your clip. No, Chancellor of the Exchequer. Yeah, no, I see the clip. I see it, and I'm trying to click on it, and I'm trying to drag it, but for some reason it's probably, uh, I don't know, Chrome or Firefox or some other uberlord piece of crap. I can't. Oh. Now, now what is it doing? Now it's like... Did you get your little spinning thing? Yeah, oh yeah. No, I got the spinning beach ball of death, and it just deleted your clip. Where'd it go? <laughs> Swear to God. 
Swear to God. Okay. This is potentially uh, clip of the day. Not that I'm told. Given that the Chancellor has this morning joined Twitter, could the Prime Minister remind the Chancellor and the House what too many tweets make? <laughs> I am. Um, remarks about Twitter over the years, um, most of which I've had to withdraw because I'm now tweeting myself. But uh, I look forward I look forward to the first tweet after the budget uh, this afternoon. But what is clear is he could tweet even now that we are cutting taxes in two weeks' time for 24 million working people, taking two million people out of tax. And certainly tweeting that would, would not cause any dangers for him. Shailesh Bara. Um, why would this be clip of the day? Well, I thought it was funny, but it was a reference was interesting, which was Cameron's own comment uh, sometime back in 2009 that too many tweets make a twat. Oh, okay. And so they're trying to get him to say it again. Yeah, that's not very funny. Yeah, well, I thought it was at the time. It was yeah. funny at the time. Yeah, it was. You know what would have made it funnier? The rim shot. <laughs> exactly. A rim shot would have made it much, much funnier. I'm, uh, I'm desperately. I'm, you know, I'm. You know what's really making me angry is this Gerard Butler, who was on the Today Show talking about this movie, where, where. And you're still looking for the I, clip? Well, it's it's been deleted from the internet. I swear oh. to God. Yeah. No, it's everywhere. This video has expired. Ah. Um, so if anyone, if, if I'll actually, I'll ask the chat room to help me. If anyone can find like a YouTube version, it's Gerard Butler talking about I Olympus really doubt Down. That you don't have it. Well, I've looked every. I mean, I've seen the clip. I saw the clip, and I remembered. Wow, this is clip of the day. And now I can't find it in the, my show notes system. I can't find it anywhere. And it's Matt Lauer, and he, and he, and he, and he's also he's like it's also. I remember vividly because it's, it's kind of like a gay thing at the end. And Matt Lauer's like, "You're so pretty," you know, whatever. And um, and I just can't find it. And uh, someone will find it for me. It's just the video. Every single place I go, it's like this video has expired. Uh, strangely yeah, the enough, the public relations campaign is over. They don't care anymore. Um, well, Call I'm, them. Call I'm, them I'm, th I'm thinking because he actually blew it. He gave it away. You know, he he explained right, how it yeah. works. That could be. All right, there may be a, right. Well, let me, let me so let me uh, let me discredit someone else then. Well, the chat room will help me on that. It's Olympus down. Uh, Gerard Butler on the Today Show with Matt Lauer. So let so, me let me discredit Mashable for a second. Can I just discredit Mashable? Mashable wasn't Mashable like cool at one point? I don't know. That was ever cool. So they've got this. They've got the video, and they've got this hipster with the hipster glasses. And this is the report. Lost your faith in the banks in Cyprus? Consider hitting up the Bitcoin ATM. Yep, what? the online currency Bitcoin is getting a boost in Europe from all the financial drama in Cyprus. The machine, part of a new venture by entrepreneur Jeff Berwick, will both accept Bitcoins for cash and cash for Bitcoins. Bitcoins are really, really fascinating. If you want to learn more about them, go to our tech vertical on Now This News, and you can let me know what you think, at Win Rosenfeld on Twitter. All right, listen, Twitter, Rosenfeld. This makes no sense. An ATM for Bitcoin? So what, what it makes no... What do you, you stick your USB drive in a slot or something? That must be it. It's complete. This is so bogative. And who is this guy? This, uh... 
Do you know of this guy, this entrepreneur? Jeff Berwick? Yeah. I believe he is the chief editor of the Dollar Vigilante. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I looked up his wiki page as well. But had you ever heard of this guy? No. And he's like, I'm a Bitcoin ATM machine. And he's also an entrepreneur, apparently, with the Bitcoin ATM machine, which I don't <laughs> think makes any sense whatsoever. There's no, there's no such thing as a Bitcoin, physical Bitcoin. It's just a number. Attached to your number as a, as a Bitcoin owner, right? I, I guess. I don't so get it. Maybe it pumps out a little receipt that's got a number on it. I, I, I don't know. I, I, but this is but this is what I'm. This is what drives me nuts. It just drives me nuts that people like and I, and I, this is the most emailed story of the week. Ooh, Bitcoin ATM in Cyprus. I mean, are you kidding me? <laughs> You're forbidden from listening to this show when you say these things. Yeah, this I is, agree. That's really not okay. Banned. I think we have uh, Gerard Butler. Let me see if uh, if uh, if the good. Oh, so I said Gerard Butler was the one of the producers. Yeah, I know he's he stars. He's also in... starring. <laughs> it was directed by Antoine Fuqua. I'll, I'll bet you ten bucks we get an ad before this video plays. We're back at eight forty-four oh. with Gerard Butler. You should have bet me. New movie Olympus I, has fallen. Listen, he plays a disgraced service agent who finds himself trapped in the White House after the president is taken hostage during a terror attack. Take a look. Yes. Take a look. Now get ready for it. Get ready for Lauer to spill the beans. What do they want? We're trying to find out. Well, who's in charge? Trumbull. Are there any survivors with you? Negative, sir. They wiped us out. They have commandos roaming the hallways with enough explosives to take out an army. Gerard Butler, welcome back. Good to see you. Good to see you. You got clout. Let me tell you why you have clout, all right? This movie is about not giving anything away here. The mm -hmm. North Koreans are the terrorists here. They, mm -hmm. they take over the White House and they capture the president. And you have arranged, just as you're promoting this movie, to have the North Koreans make all kinds of strange gestures toward the United States threatening nuclear war. Yeah. How did you do that? Well, it's, it wasn't so much me. We have a very um, powerful publicity department. <laughs> so we said, Angela, just make some noise. You know, you know, say some ridiculous things. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, fact. If you, if you had gotten this clip in... Yeah. With yeah. the right timing or in the last, you would have gotten clip, clip of the day. You're no, I know. I know. Yeah. That's why I'm angry. That's why I'm happy. I, I found. Yeah, I'd be angry too. By drop, you know, you essentially dropped the, the ball. clip of the day and you dropped the I, ball. I dropped the ball on the clip of the day. And that is an outrageous clip. <laughs> and you're right. Matt Lauer's an idiot. <laughs> Fact. Thank Fact. you, chat room. Good work. He got clout. We're finding that. That's an outrageous Little, it proves again what we're talking about constantly. And what, what, of course, the annoyance to me was that we, you know, was so. Well, you know, Matt Lauer's getting but, fired but see, over who, this. See, when that movie came out, I didn't know what the, what it was about. I didn't care to look into it. Who would North Korean terrorists? Wait, what in history? <laughs> can somebody cite me a, a North Korean terrorist <laughs> that's ever lived? No, not only that, but they fly into DC airspace and and bomb. <laughs> And bomb, bomb the White, the White House. House. <laughs> it's fascinating, these North Korean terrorists. Terrorists. What crap. Matt so Lauer is getting fired over this, you know. He's getting fired. And you know who they're talking about hiring? Anderson Pooper. What? It's a the, the replace. Day. So I know there's a big yeah. shakeup going on in NBC. Yeah, they're going to replace Matt Lauer with Pooper. No. Yes, that's the rumor. Fact. Well, that could happen. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Pooper's on the fast track. <laughs> He's a fast pooper. 
Uh, and it wouldn't surprise me if they did something like that. So I'm watching your buddy who also is being moved around, Aaron Burnett. Oh, yeah. I got a, got a couple Burnett, of them. Yeah, Burnett. Like Burnett. Two, two clips. She had a couple of douchebags talking about it. And I just think it's funny the way she is talking about government surveillance in, in a funny way that, that indicates, you know, it's possible. She's almost like spilling the beans on the reality of, of the situation. And this is the beginning of a this, – this story is about Berkeley – uh, saying they should be taxing email in the city of Berkeley, so everyone has to pay a penny for every email, and then that money's going to go to the post office, which brings me to clip two. But play Aaron Burnett on government surveillance for government just gave the- me no tax created, no bureaucrat. Oh come invented. on, maybe the government needs to be the ones to tell us you're all talking government- too much, you're sending too much. Maybe the government needs in to be the to one this, to tell us to in shut order our order to traps. do this, they would need to install government surveillance on every email server and probably every single computer. Do you want to give the government? I'm they already have it, but well, that's a whole other kettle okay. That's fish a whole here. other kettle yeah. fish. But by the way, I think they're going to do it. I Listen, think a no drone can already that. see what you're writing. There's no reason not to fight it. <laughs> Make it stop, John. Please, <laughs> it's unbelievable. Did she just say? A drone can already see what you're writing. Did she say that? Did Aaron yeah. Burnett say that? Oh my yeah, I'm God. pretty sure she did. Jeez, oh, jeez, that's that's. Pathetic people. It is pathetic. So, so here's what bothers me, and, I, and it, actually both of us are bothered by this, which is, again, the 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 staffs of these large shows. They have, like, dozens of people working there, and then they have people on the set that don't ask the right questions or they never – they just let things slide. Uh, and this case uh, – the, the second part of this clip, which is they're continuing the discussion – and this douchebag character from the New uh, Republic, or is he from the National? He's from the National Review, a right-wing group. Mm-hmm. Uh, they go off on the post office, and now we remember that the, instead of using the word funding uh, for the post office because they're not funding their retirement, they're pre-funding a decade ahead. But this guy goes off on the post office as if this is an elitist thing, by can, the way. Can, can we can we just step back one second? Because you turned the entire show on to this. And it's important we reiterate that, first of all, the post office, there is something called the Postal Clause, uh, Article 1, Section 7 of the Constitution. And uh, it says that there shall be a postal service and they can set rates. I think that's pretty much the only two things they can do. And it is protected by the Constitution for a very important reason, because the founding fathers of this experiment, known as the United States, knew that it would be important to not only have an armed citizenry, uh, but also to have secure communication so you could actually send something to someone without the government looking into it. And it is my belief, but I think our combined belief, that there is a move to get rid of this so that we can commit all kinds of fraud, uh, financial fraud. You know, this is why um, when it comes to the real fraudulent documents, they don't show up with the mail, but they show up with UPS or FedEx. They say they'll send you a, a two-day FedEx. That's what. That's when the real crap is showing up at your door. Yeah, that's because there's no postal fraud involved. Right. And, you send and, it by the mail. That's a you, federal offense, the mail fraud. A felony. Yeah, felony, thank you. Yeah, mail, it's mail fraud. So, the, so they're trying to kill the post office. And, and so this guy, who should be getting a douchebag call out at the end. Oh, cool. He goes off with all the, with all the stereotypical cliches about the post office, not realizing that it's really a very important uh, thing to have functioning – and 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 to be and should be supported. So here's here's what we get to hear with no nobody saying anything on CNN. 
All right. So, but but the, the the thing in terms of funding the post office. I mean, what about that argument? I understand your point about the horse and buggy, but isn't there some sense in that? Okay. okay. We're sending, I, I believe, got the numbers: twelve point one billion business emails a year, five point four billion personal emails. A one cent tax on each of those, you're you're getting some I'm money. I'm sorry. What the post service does right now, the bulk of what they send you is what I like to call physical spam, which is actually worse for the environment. It's rather unpleasant. And now the post postal service is saying that the federal government has undermined them by saying they're saying that we have to adequately fund our pensions. That's crazy talk. And so postal employees are funding ads on my television that are visual spam that are telling us that this is some grave injustice, that they should fund these crazy pension obligations they've built up over years. The U.S. Postal Service, you know, maybe there's a reduced place for it. Maybe if they deliver five days a week rather than six, that would make sense. Well, but I don't see why that, every yeah. other industry should have to subsidize postal carriers, because there are a lot of industries that are struggling that could use those resources to provide innovative new services. It's a fair point. It's just it's... Fair point, except you're an a-hole. Sorry, I just had to AK that guy. Unbelievable. Oh, but it's and it, it is seventy five billion dollars they had to prefund. Seventy five billion. Yeah, prefund. But n- no one understands this. This is and uh, it's, it, they don't. Nobody else prefunds. The Defense Department doesn't prefund. None of the no other part of government prefunds their retirement. They do it as they go along. And so, th- so this guy mocks that. Oh, oh, horrible that they have to fund their retirement. They're not funding their retirement. They're pre-funding future retirements to an excess, just a way to keep the books unbalanced and break the bank of the post office. In fact, if it wasn't for this, the post office would be in the black. It would be making money. Is that a fact? Would they would they be no, profitable? No, that, that number's been yeah. The, well, it's really? the unions, the postal unions that have come up with these numbers. But yeah, they would be making money. But is it? it so this is interesting. Is it not the unions who? Demand this kind of prefunding is or is no, it- they don't. They're totally against all this. They they they're trying to protect their jobs. They don't care. They just care that it's funded. They don't want. Why do they have to fund it for ten years in advance unless they're going to go under just and ask. they want to keep those pensions going? I mean, this whole thing is like a scheme. Look, we're going to break the post office. They're going to bust them. We're going to ruin them. Uh, but so we're going to make them prefund for ten years because they're not going to fund on the fly because they're not going to be here. Hello. <laughs> okay. It's a complete and total scam, and Washington's bought into it. Uh, the, these idiots on CNN bought into it. The National Review, I mean, of all places, bought into it. They all buy into it. And, you know, the oh, the Constitution is all important, but let's get rid of the post office because I'm getting some some mail from my lucky store down the street every once in a while You're talking about sales of corned beef. Oh, that's physical spam. It's ruining trees. All of a sudden, these guys are now completely oh, they're all green all of a sudden. They're worried about the, the trees being destroyed by all this physical spam. I mean, come on. John C. DeVore, pet peeve of the day. I'm Adam Curry, and I'm John C. Dvorak. We're having lots of fun, here on No Agenda. I like the post office, by the way. I, I, um, you I know, got a great post office in Albany. Well, you know, I, um, I never used to go to the post office, and... Uh, Recently, you know, well, we've been moving and all this stuff. And so I'm like, you know, I just actually I tried online to change address and it was like complicated. It's like, you know, you just put down your credit card and, you know, then they charge a cent or a dollar. And I'm like, screw this. I'm just going to go to the post office. Is it really, you know, they're a bad rap, but they're really friendly. 
they're really nice and like you know and helpful and it's not crazy busy and it seems like real easy when you want to ship something and you know I buy some ham gear because you know, of course that's the trap you fall into when you when you're a ham and uh, and so I bought this uh, a four band QRP five watt uh, Morse code transmitter which is very small it's a it's a, I'd say it's about five inches no less four inches by two inches by three inches. And, uh, you know, the guy sends it through the post. And, you know, it's insured. And he put a whole bunch of really pretty stamps on it. <laughs> it was nice. And I'm like, it's nice when it shows up that way. I don't know what it is. There's something, there's something cute about it. Am I old-fashioned and lame now that I say this? No, I think it's fine. And I, I usually tear off the stamps and put them in a drawer. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, it's, it's an annuity wow. for the kids. Wow. Wait a minute. I get it. I get a, a letter from it for, through the post office from the <laughs> Netherlands, let's say, or from Germany or from anywhere. And there's a bunch of these pretty stamps on there because it's coming all across the ocean. And I tear off the wait, stamp wait. and I put them in a drawer. I got a big drawer full of these crazy stamps. I'm going to put them in a bag one of these days. And then I'm going to hand them off to my grandkids. Here, kid, figure out what these are worth. You, Mr. Dvorak, are the vinyl of the Internet. I'm telling you, <laughs> you are fantastic. All right, uh, I'd have one more important... Those stamps are all valuable. Of you know, course. A dollar stamp, one of the dollar stamps that you get on a on a package that says, it says a dollar. Canceled dollar stamp is worth about 15 cents. <laughs> yeah, okay, great. Well, I'm just saying. Be, Wait, on let me, this show, I'm not going to be wasting. No, on this show, it's appreciated. On this show, you know, we don't scoff and laugh at at, at old fashioned stuff here. We like it. It's an American institution. It's a part of the Constitution, which I think is pretty important. And there's a reason for it. It's protected. Yeah, it's protected. Um. Anyway, so the, um, you now you told us about the middle of the night. We had uh, the. Um, we had the, was it the Senate? They were, yeah, they were uh, passing a bill in the middle of the night and they were all yelling at each other. It's three o'clock in the morning and, and without any real uh, oversight by the people, um, all of a sudden there was the Appropriations Act for fiscal year 2013. Right, which essentially stopped all the cuts and taxed us up to the point of a trillion dollars more. I mean, well, I don't right, know how that happened. Right. Well, it did something else. Monsanto. Yeah, I heard this. Yeah, so uh, they, it's uh, it was originally part of the 2013 House Agriculture Bill, and uh, the section there was known as the Farmer Assurance Provision. And I had to look because you know these um, appropriation bills are it's basically all just about money, um, and it's just money here, money there, money everywhere. Nine billion dollars for airport security. I'd just like to point that one out. Nine billion dollars for for you know for the massage you you get when you opt out. Nine billion. Section seven three five. In the event that a determination of non regulated status made pursuant to section four eleven of the Plant Protection Act is or has been invalidated or vacated, the Secretary of Agriculture shall notwithstanding the provision of law upon request by a farmer, grower, farm operator, or producer. 
immediately grant temporary permits or temporary deregulation in part subject to necessary and appropriate conditions consistent with Section 411A or 412C of the Plant Protection Act, which interim conditions shall authorize the movement, introduction, continued cultivation, commercialization, and other specifically enumerated activities and requirements, including measures designed to mitigate or minimize potential adverse environmental effects, if any, relevant to the Secretary's evaluation of the petition for non-regulated status while ensuring that growers or other users are able to move, plant, cultivate, introduce into commerce, and carry out other authorized activities in a timely manner. Colon. I'm going to stop there. So what this does is if there is a question about a Monsanto seed, there are other companies, uh, and I think they just uh, I think uh, they just settled with another huge company for like a billion dollars of whoever owns whatever patent on life. Uh, if, if there's a question about, uh, and it's not, not just seeds, apparently, if you listen to what I just said, um, as to uh, its danger to your health, my health, the animal health, the health of the universe, uh, then while that is being investigated, the secretary, which I think, isn't that guy like an ex-Monsanto guy? I believe so. I believe so, too. Um, will uh, issue a permit so that the uh, growth, production, and sale can just continue as normal. It is very similar to what we have with vaccines in this country, um, uh, whereas uh, if you provide a vaccine to the citizens and someone dies from it, you are not liable. You are indemnified. So it's not exactly an indemnification, but it's very close. It's like, hey, you know, while we're tying this up in the courts for the next 10 years about some proof, some scientific fact, it's science. Shut up already. The permit will be issued to just continue. Yeah. And so that was slipped in. Uh, right. Amongst- this is slipped in as part of the budget budget resolution. Yeah. It's got nothing to do with the budget. It's nope. like the same stuff that we've seen other people try to slip in that we had the, the uh, clip from. Yeah. Too bad we don't have the clip of this one. How this got passed. Well, it, it wasn't discussed. There's no clip. Because I looked, and, and, you know, if you go to C-Span no, it, it was just one of those wink, wink, nudge, nudge, we're passing it anyway, like the, like yeah. the, the NDAA that was slipped in it, it, yes. by interrupting somebody in the middle of the night. Yes. Oh. Yes. Nice. Yes. Yeah, that's how it works. And uh, it's, no, well, pfft. Uh, anyway, at least you're hearing about it here. So you can use this. You can talk about the, and I love it, the farmer, what is it called? <laughs> I love the name of it. Let me it's just, always named in some. Yeah, let me just see. It's the, uh, originally, the farmer assurance provision. It's for the farmer. To just, assure him that he's got he's going no to die. chance of beating Monsanto <laughs> ever. <laughs> Hey, meanwhile, it is still uh, uh, freezing, snow on the ground everywhere in Euroland. This is hilarious. Uh, I read a great... A it's almost gr- April. I know, I know. I have, April in Paris. I read a great headline. Let me see if I can find this. Uh, freezing British Easter, colon. L- listen to these magic numbers. Three more weeks of freezing weather predicted. 33-year-old man dead after collapsing in snow could cause a triple-dip recession. I mean, because the guy died. <laughs> well, well, that's just they just threw that in for good measure to throw in the thirty-three. But it's going to be right, it's going to be freezing for three yeah. more weeks. Could tra- cause a triple depression. They now have a triple, tanker. We have wait triple, triple depression, dip. three weeks, and thirty-three-year-old guy. <laughs> yeah, isn't, huh. that, isn't that great? <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, how does that happen? 
Yeah, I don't know. They've now... Um, we could decode this. A true, so a a super tanker has has been uh, uh, deployed to the island of the United Kingdoms uh, because they're out of gas. <laughs> yeah, which is fantastic. I love it. I love it. I, I hope you run out of gas so you can see how dependent you really are. And of course, never going to snow there again ever. No, 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 no. Well, of course, this uh, cold. St- well. Let me play you the BBC. Take you back to the days when we strolled in the parks of this pleasant land in shirt sleeves and shorts, sat in our gardens, nibbled an ice cream, remember? Probably not, yet that's how it was exactly a year ago. March of last year, spring, temperatures in the 70s, the third warmest March on record, and now this, no spring. What's gone wrong? Well, three words, the jet stream. It has gone wrong. That's what we have to blame. Also, Dr. Liz Bentley says, and she's the founder of the Weather Club at the Royal Meteorological Society, and she should know good morning to you. Good morning. Is that oversimplifying a little bit? Well, no, actually, you're right. The the, the position of the jet stream is way far south than it would normally be at this time of year. Let me ask you a question, Mr. Professor Dvorak. Why do you think the jet stream has... Is in the wrong position this time. Global warming. And what that's led to is an an area of high pressure that's dominating Northern Europe's weather. Just give us 10 seconds before we go on. What is the jet stream? Okay, very simply, a narrow band of very strong winds that sits about 30,000 feet above our heads, so way Mm. above high in the atmosphere where the planes fly around. And it's produced because of the difference in temperature between the equator and the poles. And where there's a a, a bigger difference in temperature, a bigger contrast in that temperature, we get stronger winds called Ah. the jet Jet stream. Right. Oh, okay, right. so that is the right. jet stream. And what should it do? Well, the jet stream tends to move from west to east across the Atlantic and brings in our weather systems. It's the real driving force of our weather systems. So it develops areas of low pressure and weather fronts that come in and bring us the wind and rain. And at the moment, it's sitting much, much further south across uh, parts of the Mediterranean, southern Mediterranean. Yeah. Why? Uh, ah. Well, part, part of that reason, I think, there's lots of theories out there as to why the jet stream's out of position. It was out of position last summer as well, if you remember. Oh, it, uh, oh. it actually was hmm. sat across the UK and brought in all the, the wet weather that we saw during the, our miserable summer last year. Um, and and p- there's lots of re- theories behind it. One of them is the, the reduction in Arctic sea ice. Oh, yes, there it is. Um, that we've seen over the last, well, few decades, really. But oh, we, yes. we got to record low uh, levels of Arctic sea ice at the end yes. of last summer. So climate change. Yes, climate change. So climate change. Yes, absolutely climate change. You know what? We're all going to die. We're all going to die. We're all going to die. Here they come. No, Severe plague of locusts has infested around half of the Indian Ocean island of Madagascar. Billions of these plant-devouring insects threaten the food security of nearly 60% of the island's population. There you go. The locusts are here. The jet stream... plague of locusts. (laughs) The jet stream has moved south. (laughs) We are doomed. The Georgia Guidestones prophecy comes true. I only have one last clip. All right. You know... We, I mean, I can't. Be, can I just pick a, a clip random from you, from your I've bin, missed. from your bin? But like what? Well, I'm really, I'm, I'm interested in this one clip. I've been looking at it all throughout the whole show. And which clip is that? I just feel like this is what she's meant to do. This week, once again, two acts will be leaving the competition. I was definitely in my head too much. I was negative Nancy. Now I'm excited to take the stage tonight. I'm excited to be amazing. Oh, is this... <laughs> I'm excited to be amazing. Chloe Kardashian. You know that this is a Dutch show? 
I think this, this diving is show nuts. This this is a this is a Dutch show uh, originated in the Netherlands. It was called the Springen met Sterren, jumping into water with the stars. And here it's called what Big Splash or something, something like that. It's great. It's a great show because you get to see. How is it a great show? It's a piece of crap. You get to see. Oh, out I'm of, afraid to jump, and then they jump. Yeah, you get to see out of shape celebrities diving <laughs> into the water. It's it's it is John. You and I could not genius, have come up with a better genius, format. Genius, my friend. I have a I have a oh. show. Here here's my show. Five celebrities, four parachutes. <laughs> I'm telling you, we could find the five celebrities. We could find them. And Chloe would be excited to be amazing. She'd be excited to be amazing. <laughs> What's the last clip for you, darling? On TV. Well, I was thinking, one of the things we like to do on this show, and I always like to remind both of us, that much of the public attitude, and I think the cutting in line thing may be part of this too, and by the way, we need more stories. Um, the cutting in line thing may be a, a, an element of this, it's the memes are produ- are given to us by popular shows. And in this case, it's NCIS LA and the terrorism meme that we've actually discussed specifically one little line in here that you'll note when it happens. Tommy the terrorist. <laughs> I like that. That's funny. Nice ring to it. Mm. It's not funny for you, though. You think I'm a terrorist? We have you on tape arranging to help a known terrorist illegally cross the border. We have photos of you meeting that same terrorist, and we have evidence that you helped supply weapons for a planned terrorist attack on the United States. It's called giving aid and comfort to the enemy. Oh, it's also known oh, as treason. Oh, aid and comfort, the two things necessary for treason. Wow, nailed it. All right, you know what? You know what? On the cusp, on the very edge of leaving, of getting out, you get... Clip of the day. Clip of the day. I don't really deserve it after your clip, Lauer, but now I, will take I it. Now I screwed up my timing. I screwed up the clip, and I just, for some reason, I probably had it for the previous show, mislabeled it, something went wrong. I don't know what happened. Yeah. Labeling these clips is, is difficult. Yeah, tell me about it. But we also just don't get to everything, and we promised ourselves we'd try and keep the show short because we had a long donation segment today. We went a little bit over. Uh, it's funny, I get people policing us now. Hey! Hey! That show was two hours and 40 minutes. Shorten it up, Curry. Ten minutes over. (laughs) This is like they're like real producers. Being assholes. They are producers and they're giving us crap. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. I love it. They can't fire us. (laughs) Well, no, there's that. Well, they could starve us out, but that takes a little Anyway, I'm uh, looking forward to celebrating episode 500 with everybody on, on Sunday. Easter. Uh, on Easter, Easter Sunday, it's what going. A coincidence? I think not. Three one three one three five hundred episodes of the show. Dvorak.org/na. Thank you again, everybody, for joining us live in the chat room, for joining us on the downloads, and coming to you from the capital of the Drone Star State here in Austin, Texas. In the morning, I'm Adam Curry. And in the morning from northern Silicon Valley, where I'm John C. Dvorak. We will talk to you again on Sunday for episode 500 right here. Sunday on No Agenda. The best podcast in the universe. That's one hot roll, baby.
Dvorak.org slash N-A